Today's show is brought to you by the Phaedrus Group. Please visit thephaedrusgroup.biz slash wizard for your free orientation. Games, video games, video games, video games, video games, video games, video games. It's January 30th, 2013, and your minds have been spied on. This is Idle Thumbs 92. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Jake Rodkin. And today we've got our buddy Steve here. Hey, I'm Steve Gaynor. Scoops. Oh, hey, Scoops. Also, I'm Scoops. You are Scoops. I'm here to record a cast. Oh, cast. Uh, what's up, guys? Not much. We went on a ship. We did. Oh, yeah. Want to talk about that first? Let's I, do it. I yeah. mean, we, it's, it's the reason I came down from That's Portland true. to go onto a ship with you guys. Yeah, and that so happened. After we did Escape from the Mysterious Room a couple weeks ago, which was that. After we spoiled Escape after from the Mysterious Room. After we spoiled Escape from the Mysterious Room, which was that, that real life room escape game that we played in San Francisco a couple weeks ago. We heard that they were doing another one called Escape from the Mysterious Ship. And Steve said, a ship that you escaped from? It's mysterious. <laughs> uh, it's Escape from the Haunted Ship. Haunted what ship. I really like is Ghost. Oh, it's Haunted even better. I said, G-g-g-g-ghost. He said, Ghost And then ship. I booked a plane ticket. <laughs> yep, yep. Um, <laughs> I need to go near those ghosts. I would. You I, ain't afraid of no of them. Yeah, that's true. Also, oh, he likes the girls. That's true. <laughs> uh, well, you do. That's what I heard. It's the Invisible Man. You kept saying it on the ship. <laughs> What were you saying, Jake? Oh, I was just going to say, unfortunately, I don't think that we all found it as good as the Mysterious Room. Well, game. we sadly, it, it was, was impossible to escape from the haunted ship. That's the thing that was the, the biggest bummer to me. There's no actual was escape. That, yeah, there was the, the goal was not actually to escape. Whereas the, I mean, we we failed to escape from the Mysterious Room, but Escaping we were clearly working towards thing, it. Yeah. It was an, obviously a thing that would have been possible. Right. We were actually trying to find the key to the yeah. lock of the door. Whereas with the the haunted ship. You're really just solving a riddle, like a big riddle. Yeah, and the the, the riddle itself was not poorly put together. No, but, I thought it was cool. But the the mysterious room one was also, you know, riddle layered on riddle, and the clues got increasingly insane, but they were all very heavily tied to stuff that you found in the yeah. physical space. I mean, the thing for me <clears throat> that I was really excited about when I heard you guys talking about it was like, okay, it's this small group of like 10 or 11 people, and it's just those people, and they're locked in this room, and you physically are like turning over the chairs and, you know, like opening up panels and finding secret things inside drawers and like looking inside of books for clues and stuff. And it just sounded all really physical and awesome and had those potential for those really cool moments of like, yeah, you, you look on the underside of a drawer and find a note and it's like, what, you know, and then, and also the kind of isolation of like, it's just the people who are playing this small yeah. group being well, trapped together, closely together, seemed yeah. really cool. And then, we got to the, the ship thing on one. The boat yeah. was like it's groups of six, but it was like fifteen groups of six, and you're all in the hold of this ship. But it might as well have just been like a conference room in a hotel right. or something, and you're all just doing these little like 
pen and paper logic puzzles, basically. They're based on clues that are around the room and stuff. Right, but we were given but, a starter packet, whereas in the Mysterious Room, we were literally given nothing but a phrase, and then people tore the place apart to yeah. find the first clue. Yeah. Um, so I, mean, I, I was really hoping for that physical experience of, like, busting yeah. up this room to get out of it, but instead it was sort but of like a bunch you were, of logic, logic because puzzles. Because busting up rooms makes you feel good. So yeah. <laughs> the, th- the thing that uh, I would say to people who are considering doing any of these things, I think that... The A, don't listen to that idle thumbs. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, don't listen to where two we weeks spoil. ago idle thumbs where we, we spoiled everything. We're not going to spoil any of the haunted ship stuff. But um, if you are someone who just likes solving logic puzzles, if you like doing crosswords and cryptic crosswords and kind of brain teaser type stuff, I think the haunted ship would be totally f- fun and enjoyable if you just want to do that in a competitive environment, right? Like yeah. those activities almost always are purely solitary but, and individual. Yeah. And this is a case where it's like, well, you're doing them all in a shared space with a bunch of other people and you're trying to do it better and faster than they are. Yeah. And that's that's cool in its own right if that's the thing you, you want. And if you're listening to this and that sounds like a thing that you'd be into, then I think you'd go to this and have a, a totally awesome time. It's also pretty I think cool the main that thing there's that, like some physicality that like there will be clues that are like glued to the, the ceiling, ceiling or yeah, something, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, and that's that's neat. I think I think the main thing that was a bummer for us was not necessarily – just that it was an objectively poor implementation of that. It was just not what we expected based on our previous yeah, what, experience with this and the name Escape from the Haunted Ship. Yeah, and the the, the organization is called Real Escape Game. It's right. like, okay, it sounds like you really escape. Or, yeah. Like, I thought you were going to escape the cabin of a That's ship. That's what I thought we were doing. The thing well. with, yeah, with Escape from the Haunted Ship, it, it seems like this particular instance of it might have been limited by venue. Like, I, the, exact, so, the yeah. exact same game that they were running were it on... An old sailing ship instead of a World War II Navy ship were it putting a group of six in uh, a large cabin room, but then you got out of that room to mm-hmm. do a couple mm-hmm. of other things that was a shared space. I think that it would be a lot more thrilling than it actually was. But yeah, since it, sure. it, it did feel like we were just in a conference room with a bunch of teams and that made it. Uh, it felt like a team building, like a corporate team yeah, building exercise. Right. Which, and I think okay. this company actually does that as well. Yeah, yeah. Like they actually will do that for your company. Yeah, you yeah. Pay them. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I still had fun. I, th- I probably still enjoyed it more than Steve did. No, I mean, because it, was, it was cool. I, 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 just, like, <laughs> I was expecting other stuff, basically. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. It, was no, still, it was totally. still a neat thing. The expectations were the main the main thing that I think we, sorry, it suffered from. But, uh, you know, I, getting to sit down and immediately just knock out a crossword puzzle to the benefit of our team was <laughs> fine for me to enjoy. Yeah. That was and, a uh, fine thing. These guys are doing uh, another new one called... Oh yeah, escape from the, the escape from the, the magic show. The magic show. I kind of want to do that. I have no like, idea. Like my expectations are a little bit reset as for what real room escape things are at yeah. this point. In that, like we're probably going to be attending a magic show when solving puzzles and then tricks or so. Yeah. Who knows what the hell it is? Yeah. But like, it sounds like it'll be even more of a presentation, yep. stage show thing than this thing yeah, was, but which was more like that than I the feel last like. Thing you now that did. I know that there is some amount of variety, I and I sort of alter what I'm expecting from it. I'm looking forward to it in a different way than I may have been looking forward mm-hmm. to it after just playing the mysterious. Well, room I think one. I'm also just going to be looking for clues in the description of these things, right? Sort of just context clues of, Oh, I see what they're really saying. This is like, right. I think now having gone through the haunted ship one, I think if I had gone back and actually read the description of escape from right. a haunted ship, I would have had a better idea of what we were in for, but I kind of just assumed it was going to be the same thing as the other one. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, it's still cool. Uh, go to the, I forget the address, but it's real escape game, uh, is the group that does this and they do events on an ongoing basis. They, they have a bunch of different events that they, 
cycle in and out basically yep. you know every couple months and it's really cool they're going to be doing the mysterious, the mysterious room, room is back the one that we spoiled mm-hmm. a couple episodes yeah. ago so Although, don't listen to that yeah that's true all the yeah so d- don't yeah. don't listen to it do go to it yeah. in like march or april right. yeah. it's in japan yep. town in san francisco yep 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 um cool yeah that was a, a fun hilarious weird yeah slightly weird saturday it was weird and hilarious i'm glad i did now, continuing to talk about things that only some people can access, we also played uh, oh, the SimCity also, beta. if oh. you ever go to a real escape <laughs> game, at the end you have to fill oh, out, God, you yes. have to fill out a, a questionnaire that asks for your feedback and how much you enjoyed it, whether you'd recommend it. And one of the questions is, how do you hear? How did you hear about real escape game? Please put Idle Thumbs podcast on that so we can win back some goodwill that we destroyed when when they uh, wrote us a very polite email asking us to stop spoiling their content. <laughs> so yeah, we're, we're not going to spoil any more of it ever again, even if we go to more of them, which we probably will. Uh, so let's try and build that relationship up. <laughs> Oh, I felt so bad. Yeah, I know. We all felt We were really so bad. excited about that mysterious room. Yeah, we were too excited for our own good or for their own good. Remember, they yeah. sold the ticket to me. Also, if you go to Escape from the Mysterious Room and write idle thumbs for where you heard about it, please put a parenthetical remark saying, but I didn't listen to the episode where they talked <laughs> about Escape from the Mysterious Room because they will probably just assume that you are a cheater. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Look uh, what you did. You're making a mess. <laughs> uh, you eat them. All right. All right. That's fine, though. Yeah. Oh, I want to talk about SimCity, though. Yeah. Oh, my God. I agree. I agree as well. We all came after after we we didn't escape after, from Oh, the, also, it's worth noting that, again, we the Idle Thumbs uh, yeah. group failed horribly to escape <laughs> from the, the room or the yep. ship. Um, we, we did way better this time, though. I feel like if we keep doing these, we're going to get fucking good at them. We're going to become room <laughs> escape masters. Yeah. Like, I, we made a crucial mistake about... Well, we got lucky in one case, but then we made another crucial mistake about two-thirds of the way through that that put us on the wrong path. Had we not made that thing. crucial mistake... Yeah, I think we would have been solid. Yeah, but instead we were not. We were yeah. shit. Yeah. But we did... I think... I feel Steve, like we what? just had what, a better Steve? understanding of it than we did than the first one we did. I wanted to say something Steve you guys is could... raising his hand. No one knows what that is on a radio. <laughs> I, I know. It's because I'm trying to... I want to put something in you guys can cut out. You had said you wanted to talk about receiver before the break, so you could do that shit. Yeah, Did, yeah, we'll talk about both of them. Oh, I figured we would get into SimCity and talk for like a fucking hour and a half. So oh, let's talk about receiver then. Okay, sorry, let's do it. that's fine. Uh, anyway, back to past. yeah. There's no, there's sure no sag. It's all bullshit. So that's plan. fine. Yeah. Speaking of haunted ships, receiver. Huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's like a receiver. Yeah. Well, yeah. So we played multiple games actually after we did not escape from the haunted ship yesterday. One of which was Receiver by Wolfire Games, which I think all three of us were aware of. Like very slightly this. aware but, of. Yeah, but I know I had, had heard of it None of us had before. played it until yesterday. Yeah. Um, Steve, why don't you set it up because you were sure. the one who wanted us to play it. Because yeah. you received it. I was the receiver. I, uh... You were the giver. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Going to a weird location. Well, it's basically Here. the Christmas Islands. <laughs> 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 that's uh, that's where the haunted ship was was had set sail. <laughs> uh, spoiler. Um, Hauntedship.cx. That's uh, not the address. Don't go there. I was I was having this Twitter discussion the other day um about like uh how lots of games are shooters and so you shoot guns in them, but almost no game is about actually simulating the operation of a firearm in any way. Like it's a complete nonsensical abstraction of just how guns work the way you use them in almost any video game mm-hmm. and um it was based on something that evan lotte from uh from pc gamer was talking about and i was talking about how the biggest thing that gets me every fucking time just about the 
fakeness of guns and games is how you just hit the reload button and you magically have bullets filling up your magazine, magazine, which is just not how a gun magazine works, which is fine. That's all it it points to is just that video games, shooter video games are just based on extrapolation of like playing Doom, not on shooting a gun at things. And so uh, followers of Twitter followers of Evan and I suggested a game called Receiver by Wolfire Games. It was this. It's a very small game. It's it's not it's it's more complete than like a prototype, but it's it's very kind of like low fidelity. Um, they made it for the seven day FPS <clears throat> game jam where a bunch of uh, people made made an FPS a first person game in seven days, and it is exactly the thing I'm talking about. Where it's a first person game where you have a gun and you're walking around and there are enemies and stuff, but the gun actually functions down to you know all the different little tweaky things about how a gun actually works and you have to as a player uh learn those things and actually interact with them in the way that someone who was operating a firearm would to be effective and we downloaded it and we played it and i think we all found it really fucking fascinating it yeah it was cool fascinating i and know the, how a gun works now kind of yeah i i'm someone who this was really interesting for me because i've you know i mean it's it's kind of self-incriminating to say this i guess but you know, I've played a ton of video games with guns in them, and I'm aware, I've, I'm aware that they all simplify, or you know, as you say, abstract out the functionality of a gun to a, a point of where you just don't have to think about a single part of it. But even though I've, I'm aware of that generally, I've never actually touched a gun in my life. Like I don't know anything about guns. I've never really paid any attention to them or learned anything about them at all. And I I have to admit. Playing this game, especially initially, was very uncomfortable for me. You know, like most games, the 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 operation of the gun in the game is just it's just an expedience to allow you to engage in these mechanics that are themed around combat and like in a in a in a game that has you know deeper expressive combat. Hopefully, the sort of gore of killing a guy itself is not not actually what the the primary thrust of the experiences right it's I mean, not like, why you're playing yeah there are games where that is the case but i mean you know in a, in a good one hopefully it isn't or at least in my opinion hopefully it isn't and uh having never having just not knowing any of this stuff about how guns work generally it it initially felt almost gross to me to engage in this game because it felt like i was it felt like he was asking me to like fetishize this object which it kind of is in a way. I mean, like, I don't mean this, I'm not saying this as a negative point against the game. I'm just saying this to communicate my, like, lifetime's worth of distance from this subject matter, right? Yeah. Like, it's just, it was just a surprising, weird experience to me where I'm like, oh, God, like, I'm, like, putting every single bullet into the magazine yeah. and then I'm sliding the magazine into the thing and then I'm pulling back the whatever it is. And, like, I don't even know what these things are. <laughs> the slide. And, like, the slide, <laughs> sure. And, like, the part that you slide. And the part that you slide. I don't know why they call, call it the slidey slide. part. <laughs> and and it and it, and I, I the thing is I was grateful for that feeling that it gave me because I'm like I should like if I'm going to be co- spending all this time fucking blowing things away in a game I probably should sometimes actually have to deal yeah. with like what the act is that is going on here like also it <laughs> what it, <laughs> nothing go ahead Chris. no you love it well no i want to hear your point before i before i just take a poo i've <laughs> uh jake needs to take a break so he can go poo <laughs> i've uh, i've mainly i've mainly made the point but i guess uh i i guess what i what i was going to say is that it also re- <laughs> 
um, I don't know. I, I don't know what my point is, honestly, even really. I'm just trying to communicate like what my state of mind was. I don't, I don't sure. necessarily have, yeah, okay. have anything deep to, to come out of that. But, and I, I, I realize as I'm saying it, it's not a flattering thing about myself. Like, right. It's kind of like, Oh, uh, you're sort of like you, you've my never whole really, life. You've I've never really in, thought about where the meat you eat comes from. So yeah, of kind I of mean, thing, it's like yeah. a, my whole life. I've really only ever lived in like urban areas on the West coast or the Northeast United States. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I am not someone who has ever been part of culture that has a strong um, kind of recreational appreciation for firearms or anything like that, right? So it's like a lot of it is just – a lot of what I'm saying now is just me acknowledging my lifetime uh, – Just lack pre- of exposure. Right. Uh, right. Like um, exactly. And, I, and I, I really, really appreciated that this game was making me more physically aware of that because I have spent a lot of time dealing with totally fake guns that are bullshit. Yeah, but it's just you games. point the the pointer at the thing and the bullets come yeah. out and then kill the guy and you yeah. hit R to, to that point, shoot a bullet. The thing that this game was simulating for me, which was hilarious to me, is me. And I mean, it does it for everybody, but it's guy who thinks he knows or doesn't. You know, yeah. think you know how a gun works from playing a video game. But you're like, this will be easy. But you try to use any video game acumen in this game, and then you're immediately the person who throws four bullets out of the top of the gun, <laughs> right. drops the clip on the ground, yeah. runs around, and then asks why the UI isn't letting you put anything back into the game. Right. And then yeah. in the middle of a firefight, sprint the fuck back like fifty feet yeah. behind the corridor, and then just like <laughs> grabbing, <laughs> grabbing the shell and the yeah. bullets, putting the gun away. Like it's the the number of times that I just dropped an entire empty clip or an entire full clip out of the bottom of my gun immediately uh, before well, having also, to shoot my gun was all times. It also reveals why things happen. I mean, not to like be condescending, but really it, it did kind of slightly it inform why you see things like four people accidentally shot at gun show. Yeah. And it's like these things are fucking complicated, apparently. Yeah. Like that's what you see those, like of that video of the gun safety guy coming to a school and shooting himself in the foot. And it's like. These are complicated pieces of machinery that are very dangerous if you make yeah. a mistake. That's and the thing like that, that I really like about it is that I think in a lot of ways because you actually have to interact with all the moving parts of it like as close to real life as they you know are representing. I think it gives you an appreciation and kind of respect for oh this thing is like if I actually try to do this in real life. I probably wouldn't know how, and I would probably right. accidentally shoot the wall or so. Because you you start up the game and you're just like, all right, I'm a video game player, and the only thing I is, got this. The, the only thing they they start out with is just you have it shows how many magazines you have in your pocket because you know whatever you would know that, and your gun is just down like pointing at the ground, and there's just a prompt that says like hold down the question mark key for instructions if you want, and so there's just an overlay that has like dozens of key presses <laughs> yep. that are like. Release slide lock, uh, you know, pull back hammer, uh, eject magazine, etc. Um, and so you probably just walk forward and then you just click the left mouse button. And you just hear a gunshot and see a bullet ricochet up into your view because you just shot the ground and it bounced right. around. And also, uh, and, then, and then you like try to reload. So you're like, I'm a video game player. You hit R, but that actually just makes you pull the slide back. So you eject a live round out of the right. Or if you have the, the if you have the six shooter, if you have the revolver, R just goes. <laughs> Is it, I don't know. What does R do in that? Uh, There's, there is a button in that that just makes him go, Ugh, and just yes. dump everything out. If you, <laughs> if you press V, you just dump the cylinder, all the rounds in the cylinder, onto the ground. Um, and yeah, I just love how, I love how, if you don't know what you're doing, you make mistakes. You yeah. just like, you, you, and the thing is, they don't give you very many instructions. So there's a point where I was like, all right, I know that I can 
take individual, like the way a gun magazine works is a spring loaded, loaded casing and it has individual rounds that you have to load by hand to fill it up and then you put it into the gun and you shoot it. So I was like, I have an empty magazine. I know I can put all these loose rounds that I have into it. And you, you, know, oh, you, yeah. you press a button to eject the, the magazine and it's like floating on screen and then the gun is like pointing. And I'm like, why? How do I fucking put the bullets in and i realized you have to holster the gun so you have another hand free yep. oh that was to, such a great moment watching rounds. you come to that epiphany of like why you couldn't load the rounds well it's the same amazing. you can't eject the magazine when you have a flashlight out right yeah Just, and and so it it simulates all that stuff about like what could you actually do in this situation as a human being with right. the number of fucking two hands, hands you yep. have and this the, much equipment to hold the thing about all of that though is steve you played probably you put the most minutes into this game out of anyone. You started to internalize all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And by the time you handed off the controls to me, you were actually having... It looked like you were playing a video game again, finally. There was a point yeah. where security uh, hover, sec- hovering security bots kill... What are they called? Uh, kill, kill drones, I believe. A, a hovering kill drone was chasing you, and you actually like shot it multiple times, changed uh, changed magazines, then killed a an auto-sentry. Well, and the, it looked like you knew what you were doing for a minute. And the the thing that's cool about that is, yeah, it 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 forces you to learn all of these shortcuts for like the individual smaller aspects of handling the gun. And then once you know what they are, you can still like. So I've gone to shooting ranges and I've like done this stuff just in a range situation. And you can still once you know all the keys, you can still do it faster in the game than you could in real course, life. Like right, loading, but receiver loading, acumen is way closer, yeah, at least in, in order of operations to real but life. Like loading rounds into a magazine. It, it's a spring-loaded, stupid thing. Like it actually takes just to wedge it in there yeah. is sort of annoying. Yeah, but in, the, in this game, you just but it's still like okay. I want to like I just shot all of my bullets. I know that because I tried to shoot again and it clicked. <laughs> it's not because the counter got down to zero. Right. Okay, I need to reload this thing. I'm going to turn around and mash the W button to sprint into a safe corner. Uh, what do I do? Okay, eject the magazine, holster the gun. Uh, press the button to put the rounds back in, put it back in. And then the great thing that you can do is I, I love this is once you've done that, if you were to shoot again, it would just, it, it wouldn't just work because there's not a round in the chamber. Um, and so you can press R to pull back the slide to chamber around, but then the complicated like multi button press is you can hold down T then hold down R to pull the slide back halfway to check whether there's a round yeah. chambered or not. And you're like, okay, good. So you get into this thing where you're like, eject, load in the rounds, put it back in, pull the slide, hold T, R to make sure it's in there. Okay, you're good. And you, yeah. you turn yeah, into it, a weird it robot. It definitely makes you running around checking to see if you have a round chambered and popping out the magazine way, instead of looking at your... Yeah, uh, your reload, a, reload yeah, counter or anything. Having a floating just, number 16 yeah. in the bottom corner of well, your screen. Also, do it, also, it was hilarious to me to... Re- well, one, I I enjoyed having to fight the impulse to just immediately reload all the time by just right. hitting one button, which would fuck you over. But then also, once I got to the point where I had internalized this stuff enough, realizing that I was still falling back into, all right, I just shot off two rounds, ducking Pop behind the, magazine, the thing, look. take out the magazine, insert two rounds into the thing, put the magazine back into the gun, like, yeah, yeah. chamber around, like... My video game inst- – I had suppressed the like just immediate reptilian version of those instincts that just wants to hit a button yep. now. But I didn't entirely suppress the like 20 years of of just needing to reload yep. all the time even if it's way more inconvenient to do that. And that yep. really cracked me up. Uh, the, the other thing that we all loved is there, there are three kinds – so there's more interesting things about this game, which is it was made yeah for the seven-day FPS thing. And the game is basically – 
we'll get to the really hilarious stuff. But the, the, <laughs> game, the game is based around um, essentially there are these audio tapes that are scattered around this level, and if you can go around and collect them all while not being killed by sentry guns or floating robots, then I guess oh, what we, we, we never game. did. Yeah, we never. But to keep it interesting, they, A, made it so it randomizes the levels. Like, randomized first-person shooter levels is pretty interesting. It's not super randomized. They're, like, pieces, I think, that are being, like, glued together. Um, But that's cool. So every time you reload the game, you get a new level to run around. And also, they modeled three different guns that work completely differently. There's, like, a, 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 a Glock that can toggle the full automatic. There's a... That, that holds, like, 16 rounds. And then there's a... Uh, 1911 that is like 45 caliber that holds eight rounds and there's a revolver that works the most differently from any of them and you can and that the revolver lets you actually go yes you, you, you can pop out the the cylinder to check how many rounds you have and load individual rounds and everything and then you can just scroll the mouse wheel up and down just to spin yeah. the cylinder and like russian roulette clockwise or counterclockwise depending uh, style. on how you're spinning the, the wheel which is good and then if you pull the hammer back you can't spin it anymore and you there is an input to release the hammer without firing it's just like oh good yeah. <laughs> one of the things that really struck me when i was playing this i I've talked about playing on this podcast in the past, talking about playing games like System Shock 2 that are have just a ridiculous amount of interface complexity throughout the game. I mean, you know, when I one of the things that I, I love about that game, even though this is not a thing that is necessarily objectively ideal, like this is a thing that you wouldn't have in a version of that game made in 2013, but I still like it when I go back and play it, is just internalizing a ridiculous amount of interface complexity towards the end of feeling like you've actually mastered something that requires a degree of practice and, yeah. and habituation and so it's on. It's just and like, like existing fluidly in this exactly, very complex yeah. and setting. The thing that was so interesting to me about um, Revolver is that... A receiver, receiver, really. A receiver, I'm sorry. Uh, was that even though the button presses are obviously still abstractions, they're still arbitrary, like someone just decided this key button on the keyboard does this, it was one of the only times I've ever played a, a video game that isn't like... A flight simulation or I guess pretty much a flight simulation. Um, a submarine simulation? <laughs> Gran Turismo? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. Or, or, I guess, yeah, right. a hardcore racing game as well would be a good example. Um, that actually uses that kind of video game interface complexity to represent a real world action. Like certainly in an action game, that just never happens. You never see that. Like the closest you'll get to that is an RPG or, you know, something like System Shock, an immersive sim, where you're simulating just made-up stuff that the designers have created. It was really an unusual feeling to be inhabiting a player character that is who's running around a world in a game where you're fighting enemies, but still have to deal with all that stuff. And I thought it was really, really cool that it was mapping to something that people actually have to do in the world. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that was impressive because it's so it's just so rarely attempted by video, like video well, games. Well, this game exists Almost in its own major. reality. That's true. That's true. And ironically, the reality game, it's the reality all, everything probably. I've just said, the big irony of that is that this game exists in the most hilarious bullshit reality. That you can. It's, should we talk about remember that? Remember those audio tapes? Oh, I remember those well, audio there tapes. Are, there's, all oh. humans exist in two realities. I don't remember the details of, of them. I know that reality A is one of them and reality B is the other one. Well, in reality B, you go about your daily normal life. You just work your job and you just – that's it. You're just blind to what's going on. But reality A, you're asleep. Those who have uh, awakened exist simultaneously in reality A and reality B. 
Oh, but if you're hearing this inside of a work of fiction, then you're in a third additional reality. <laughs> well, if you're That's hearing like reality this, B two. Or if, something. You, if you're hearing this, you've survived the mind kill. That's true. Uh, I mean, if even one human was to achieve that state of consciousness, <laughs> something would happen, probably. Yeah. Um, so I guess if you encounter a kill drone, you should probably be aware of their weak points. Um, <laughs> these include the camera. So you find these audio tapes. Uh, the and, only and, sort of motivator to proceed through this game is hilarious. like the only ingrained goal in the, in this game is to pick up the audio tapes. Like when you pick one up, it says audio tapes absorbed one of eleven. So which implies survive. This is some sort of Cronenbergian uh, fiction where you have like a fleshy audio tape player in your <laughs> yeah. body that you're absorbing the tapes into. Yep. I hope. <laughs> Uh, it's just, it's a weird world where, yeah, they were like, okay, we have to give the player some kind of goal, I assume. We'll make, we'll randomly place these 12 audio tapes around. And then you pick them up, and you hear the sound of a very bored game developer <laughs> talking about, like, basically the Matrix, I guess, uh, sort of. Except possibly there's a mind All kill. All humans involved. exist in two realities. Your mind has been spied Your, mind on. Your been... minds are being spied on. Uh, <laughs> um, so maybe that's, maybe that... So, okay, it's one of those things where... It's seven-day game jam. It's, it's, it's a seven-day game jam. I'm not mad at them. Uh, also, no, they made a great game. At first, you think it's the worst, and then you realize that it's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes the game even better, because holy shit. Well, the, the great thing is... so. It it there's this there's this sort of risk reward that it brings to the game because you're <laughs> you're walking around and and they randomly place like God, bullets, I need these bullets like, like bullets and flashlights and stuff on the ground um and and you see like a cluster of bullets and you're like oh I need those for my magazine and then often or sometimes there will be an audio tape in the cluster of of stuff yeah. and 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 so if you pick up the bullets you're also going to get the audio tape is going to play and Which there's is one play and you can't do and, there, and there was one point where Chris was playing and he got to a pile of stuff and it was one audio tape next to one bullet <laughs> and I was like how bad do you want that bullet Chris <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then he found out about the mind kill so it was doubly awesome yep win and win uh, um, oh you learned how infrequently it is that the mind kill has survived yeah. I think it's not very often. <laughs> no, I think this might have been an unprecedented. Experience. I think that this tape appeared blank uh, before, but now that you've survived the mind kill, you can you can hear its contents. If you had not been awakened, this tape would appear to be blank. Mm. I think, but a receiver. This is, it's the first tape in the perpetual set. <laughs> yes. No one knows anything what we're talking about. Here. Well, play a receiver. Go to go go to wolfire dot uh, com slash receiver. It's five dollars, and it's super fucking it's interesting. Really, really yeah, good. like especially if you're a dude who's just or somebody who's just wasted thousands of enemies in first person shooters over the years. Mm -hmm. Just having to interface with a gun in this way is yeah, it's, a I mean, real shock and really good. You calling it? You saying that it's the only other time you've seen something like it is in a flight simulator is. I mean, this game is effectively just a gun simulator. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's a murder simulator. <laughs> <laughs> but it does. It does. You only, you only shoot. Like, Fortunately, you only shoot wacky stuff. robots. They're not that wacky. They're kind no, of. No, you, you, you shoot evil robots from I mean, a corporation. Probably. I, I know that there is some stuff like like SWAT Four did a lot more um, realistic handling. Like if you did hit the reload button in SWAT Four, you ended up with a partial magazine mm -hmm. in your inventory. Yeah, I've played multiple games. That and like that, Arma and stuff, yeah. I think do things like Daisy, that. Yeah, well, it's the same as Arma. Yeah, but this is the most. Um, like just sort of yeah physically the present weird, all the parts of a gun have been in a game i've ever the weird level of intimacy that it has around such a small specific thing that is actually 
dropped thing you do it's, in it's, every well, game. It's, well, it's, it's dropped from all fictional retellings of it because it's so mundane. Reminds me of Cart Life also. Just like yeah, the yeah, weird really sort of just comparison. like remove the magazine, put the gun away, put six clips or put six uh, bullets in, r- bring the gun back up, put the magazine in, chamber the round. Also yeah. terrifying sounding. <laughs> Cut the bundle of the newspapers. Yeah, exactly. Like, the newspaper it's the same. Out one by one. <laughs> yeah. Like, stack them in the shelf. Like, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. So fold if you like cart life, yeah, try receiver. That's not. It's, it's, well, the, it's, I know. It's I know. obviously mechanically and presentationally completely different, but but I think it appeals to us for similar reasons. Kind of. We're OCD dorks. Yes. Well, just I like. So also, did you hear about that new campaign they're going to put in cart life where you run a gun shop? No. <laughs> but I saw an interview with uh, Richard Hoffmeyer who um, who designed Cart Life. There's a really good interview with him on Eurogamer recently, and one of the things he said in the interview, which I totally agree with, and I I know this is going to sound. Really stupid, but whatever. I don't care. He's. I, guess, uh, I hate it when Chris talks. <laughs> he said something like, um, uh, "I like boring entertainment. There's something about boring entertainment that is transcendent when you strip away the candy-colored shell of video games." And and I that's something that I agree with entirely, and not just about video games. I mean, I I like books and films yeah. that are. I mean, obviously, that aren't just bad or just or just you know, like dull or worthless, but that explicitly don't attempt to over-dramatize or glamorize yeah. subject matter that that doesn't need to be. And I, I, I mean, it's, I like it's, it's not the term into, like procedural means in yeah, a lot of cases, yeah, yeah, yeah. not entirely, but yeah. I mean, like it's, we, we've talked about, for instance, well, like a procedural at its core is that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm rewatching, yeah, like if you ever watch original Dragnet, that's right. What it's like. Well, I'm rewatching the wire right now and just all mm-hmm. of the mechanics of like setting up a wiretap is what's interesting about mm-hmm. it. And it's the stuff that would normally be glossed over yeah. um, in fiction. And like, I don't know, there's those moments like we, we all really like that movie, the apartment um, oh, God, with, yeah. with, uh, Jack Lemmon and Shirley McLean. Jack Lemmon and Shirley McLean. Yeah. Um, that has all these little pieces of business where they just like spend a solid minute just showing how Jack Lemmon makes 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 the spaghetti or makes spaghetti God, or the like, best or or when he when uh when he runs into his kitchen and they just keep the camera in there while he goes through all the steps of making a pot of coffee in 1960 and mm-hmm. it's just like oh good yep. um and you just they normally cut away from that stuff and it's really interesting to actually mm-hmm. focus on man or, or speaking not, of the that, modern version of that God, would be oh. like a heightened series of jump cuts with with like right. exaggerated sound design. But conversely, we just watched Gun Crazy this weekend at Noir City, mm-hmm. uh, and the best scene in that entire movie is the scene where the two people are driving in a car trying to find a parking spot oh, before they so rob a good. bank. Oh like, my god! So yeah, there's a great there's a there's a film um, called Gun Crazy that opened the San Francisco um, Film Noir Festival, which is called Noir City. On Friday, we were all there, and there's a great sequence where. The two protagonists, or I guess they're not really entirely protagonists, they're but the anti-heroes. two lead characters um, <laughs> are... That took a lot of steps to make that sound, by the way. <laughs> are, on, ...are on the way to a bank to rob it. And as they're approaching the bank in their car, it's just entirely... Um, it's a, like just a lo- huge long take. It's just one... The entire... Everything leading up to the robbery and, and including their escape is one take. And it's just completely improvised dialogue between these two characters talking about like oh finding the parking space and what are they going to do when they get there and how are they going to get away and this and that and it's entirely naturalistic and there's no cuts and it's very obviously not heavily scripted at all and there's something just really beautiful to me about yeah. just that interaction between those Cause it was that movie I forget the year I think it was like 1948 or something like that maybe later mm-hmm. um, that movie was made and seeing a movie from that time which is this long unbroken tracking shot that's just like 
the 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 camera's in the backseat of the car and these two people are just talking like actual unscripted humans would about a subject is mm-hmm. fucking surreal. It um, really was surreal. Yeah. And just the fact that again, yeah, they devoted the time to like these mundane actions are not sexy and exciting. They're fucking interesting mm-hmm. is is really awesome to see. Yep. Um and that's it's I mean, this is very it this I th- I feel like receiver does sort of like it it's not super like pumped up the you know like like actually operating the thing is this weird like mechanical drawn out clinical operation you know that is interesting for what it is but also kind of daunting for mm-hmm. that when for you, that reason when you and get into an actual firefight it starts feeling a little more like the music starts getting all cyberpunky for a second and you are hiding behind stuff and shooting rounds but then yeah. immediately you realize you have to run away and the runaway mechanic is to just press w over and over again to to run mm-hmm. which yeah. as you were saying steve means you can't do cheaty video game stuff like you can't start strafe jumping and like sprint sprint strafing and stuff you have to just go ah just move <laughs> forward only with with turning yeah. to run away so then again it just makes you yeah run away and feel like an idiot as you're huddling popping magazines in and out yeah. and dropping them on it's, the ground again it's, like, they, it's the same mechanic they used for like sprinting in gta 4 which is similarly like okay you're not going to be doing anything with your right hand except for mashing the a button right you kind of have to like devote your input to that and i haven't seen something you know you see like sprint meters in in fps so you can't run for more than like yeah so seconds the, the, act, the act but, of running itself is but, still yeah this is totally different like, because the most the most the portable way, like, thing in this game is that sprint, only I feel doing like. this yeah. Yeah. yeah it's like your, your left hand is mashing the w button and you aren't going to be like doing any fine aiming with your with your mouse hand or anything you're just steering your guy as fast as you can to get yeah. out of there yeah um yeah and it's really cool and it would be really interesting to see that uh in Mm-hmm. any other uh first person game basically also i just want to quickly tag on to this this discussion uh the game that i brought up last week by maddie bryce mainichi is another game that i would put into that category of taking just sort of mundanities of life and elevating them uh, just by the way that they're examined like i just i don't know that's a thing that i've i'm become uh, over the last several years r- appreciated a lot and it's really nice when you find video games that are willing to explore that because it really is just not what video games typically take on as their their ages. You know, yeah. it's just not what they making do. making all the intricacies of dealing with something interactive is just really interesting. It's something that games can do. It's mm-hmm. like practically the, the thing they're best at, and yet in well, a lot of cases, not what people yeah, totally. use them well, for. Well, and and but not even just that. Like I think there's the reason I bring up my Nietzsche is because it's not a case where the individual actions themselves are complex. It's a case where I mean. That game still abstracts all the things. It's just the things it chooses to abstract are relatively mundane. Right. Yeah. You'd ordinarily think very unremarkable ones. Yeah. But the what it chooses to highlight versus what it doesn't, it is is in itself revealing. Yeah. It's not super complex, but like it's it's very yeah intimate or kind of like yeah. intricate exactly. in a lot of yeah. Yeah, ways. Yeah, yeah. You know? mm-hmm. yeah, man. Games. Yeah. I like them. You breaking? Yeah. Sure. We'll take a break. Welcome to the break. Video game. This week, uh, once again, our podcast was sponsored by The Phaedrus Group. Uh, they do a lot of really cool stuff. Uh, you should check them out at thephaedrusgroup.biz uh, slash wizard. Whew. Yeah, I know. Got to get the got to get the tag in there. Your minds have been spied on. Humans exist in two worlds. In reality, B, they live and work in their shadow bodies. In reality, A, they are asleep. Their minds unconcerned and roaming free. You are listening to the first tape of the Perpetual Set. 
If you are listening to this tape, it means you have survived the night I don't know. What the Fetus Group has to offer, but my well, experience working with them has been pretty pretty great so far. No, I, I agree entirely. I mean, I've, I don't think I've ever actually had a bad experience. Yeah, every time I've brought in the Fetus Group, it's really just smooth everything over. No, just. it's just kind of, yeah, it, it kind of gets some of those wrinkles yeah. ironed out. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, thanks, Fetus Group. Yeah, just don't forget to visit uh, Fader, the slash wizard uh, for your uh, orientation. Video games. That's more than enough. Are we back? That's more I think we're back. Are we back? God, Steve, you're so. Oh, I forgot to keep. I terrible. forgot to turn the stopwatch off, so it's inaccurate now. I don't know what, how long this episode is. Who cares? I feel terrible. Cool. Imagine if a city were simulated. I can't imagine that. Oh, you don't have to imagine the simulation of a city because it's now offered by Electronic Arts in the form of a computer game. Oh, really? What's it called? Oh, Simulation City. Oh, okay. A simulated City? Perhaps? Oh, Simulated City is what it's called. Sorry. Simulated City. The Simulated City. <laughs> it's too bad SimCity isn't actually called SimCity The Simulated City. I'm sure SimCity... seems City, like a thing that in the 80s it would have been called. SimCity had a tagline, I'm sure, but it's probably like, the city that you create and build or whatever. yeah. yeah. I think um, no, yeah. Look up the look up the original SimCity cover art. I think it is like SimCity, the city building game. Yeah, it's, I think that's it. that is what it is. I think. Did you guys uh, ever play Spycraft in the nineties? Yeah, it was Activision. an SMV game. That game had the tagline "The Great Game." Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> always cracked me up. That game was kind of cool, actually. That game was I thought way cooler than most. FMV. I remember SimCity, the, the city simulator. Yes! there you go. Yeah, they did it. <laughs> there you go. I love that. Hmm. <laughs> The SimCity, the city simulator. Uh, Spycraft was what? The great game. The great, great game. game. Yeah. Which I assume is like a Tinker Tailor-esque thing where it's like yeah. espionage is the great game yeah, yeah, in yeah, this yeah. world or yeah, whatever. Yeah. On the other hand, it's still hilarious. It's just a really good game, yeah. guys. <laughs> it's just great. It's, it's pretty great. much just great. Uh, yeah. I kind of want to play Spycraft. Now. I remember almost nothing That game's about... great. It's a great game. Oh, so, yeah. Oh, it's that. Oh, it's that great, oh, it's game. That great game. Spycraft, a great game. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I remember about it was it uh, centers around like the Russian president or like prime minister or so, some Russian. Well, like JFK assassination was involved somehow. Well, it, a Russian guy got assassinated while he was giving a speech, and you had to triangulate where the shot came from by actually mm-hmm. using like spy tools to figure yeah. out where the shooter had been standing. This is yeah. all I remember. Yeah. I remember why, that I played why, why have I not played Spycraft? What is happening? <laughs> it's, it's an cool. FMV Jeez, game, I wonder baby. if it's playable. Pro- I, right it's in. probably on GOG.com. <laughs> yeah, actually, I think it is, in fact, on GOG.com. Because, um, yeah, I, I, Slash Wizard. I just remember I played it in the <laughs> 90s because I was playing point-and-click adventure games like a madman. It was one of those. Yep. It was, I like triangulating stuff, though. Yeah. Now you know, thanks to Miyazmata. Mm, thanks to Miyazmata. Yeah. Jake Triangle Rodkin should have known. I triangulated maps in my youth. Is oh, yeah, that, you were a is scout. That true? I was in Boy Scouts. Oh, and no we, shit? Yeah, we was, they actually make you triangulate? Yeah, we'd backpack in the Sierras where you'd go out off trail and then have to look at landmarks and triangulate and orienteer based on a map. Holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah. I was a Boy Scout. All I did was make those little cars. That's Cub Scouts. <laughs> Cub Scouts, sorry. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. They don't put like That's nine-year-olds Scouts, out of the Sierras with a compass yeah, yeah. and a map. <laughs> sorry. I meant to say Cub Scouts. I think I became a Weebelow. Nice. <laughs> what is a Weebelow? It's the highest rank of a Cub Scout yeah, before the, you become a Boy Scout. It's like Scout. the transition between uh, Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts. Uh, the missing link. Yeah. Yeah. 
Weebolo stands for stupid things. <laughs> Wait, really? Tell me. Oh, it's an acronym? Oh, it stands for We Be Loyal Scouts. <laughs> Lame. Yep. <laughs> Best. <laughs> maybe it doesn't, but that's what we were always told, including what the handbook said. So maybe that word has different uh, origins. So Weebelows is actually the – it's not plural. No. Like Weeby Loyal Scout. Like that yeah, is included. I, who's to say? All right. Cool. Yeah. Oh, so the – Well, so I think I think the Boy Scout so rank – or Cub Scout ranking was a cob, Bobcat – like – Wolf Bear or something like that, but then I think oh, he's I, one of my favorite comedians. I <laughs> Bobcat Wolf Bear. Yeah. I don't remember the. He actually started directing movies like yeah, not I long ago, that. and they're yeah. kind of these weird like dark comedies. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, um, I, I, well, think I think you're thinking of. Oh yeah, was that no, Bobcat yeah. Wolf Bear? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, he did. He did World's Greatest Dad, I think, and then some other movie. But there used to be a badge called I think called Lion, which they then at some point decided it would be better to rename Weebelow. <laughs> anyway, Scout News. There's no scout news. They don't like gay people. Um, <laughs> uh, except secret ones. <laughs> Keep it secret, folks. Uh, uh, anyway, we played Sim City. <laughs> so you went out into the Sierras. Yeah, it was sweet. Did you have any adventures? No, we got lost a couple times and then found where we were supposed to be. And it was oh, okay. by triangulating? Yeah. That's using, cool. Yeah, it's the best. Walking around in rocks and trees and stuff, and you end up on top of a mountain and say, this is not, we weren't supposed to be on top of one of these. <laughs> oh, but fortunately, I can see two or three other peaks out there that I can reference on my map. And then there's a crazy, like, statue of a face. And then I fell <laughs> six feet and it got a fever. Oh, man. It was weird. Fortunately, I synthesized a potion that allowed me to see a part of the map that wasn't on my map. That was my, that, that was my, so you guys were talking about Miasmata the other week, and that was my introduction to that game, was you start out on this beach, and there's like a little rise that I think you're not supposed to get over, they're trying to discourage you from going over or whatever, I'm like, I'm going that way. And I went up to the top of this little rise, and then I slid down it, and like tumbled, and it said, you have a fever. And then I was like, alright, well that sucks, uh, I'm gonna swim across this like two foot deep water over to that other little <laughs> oh, yeah. part. And Bad then, idea. And, and then I just drowned because yep. I was so feverish <laughs> that I couldn't swim, and then the game crashed. <laughs> and I was like, Fuck good. You. I was like, good game. <laughs> good idle thumb. I played it more, it's pretty cool. Uh, but the introduction to it for me was, it was right. I didn't play it right, and it was like, oh, you got a fever and drowned, and no, you're going back to Windows. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> it's just a disaster. <laughs> This is for your own good. But uh, SimCity was an amazing thing. Yeah. We also played the SimCity beta. Yeah, it's there's for those who don't know, there's a new SimCity coming out. It's called SimCity. For those who don't know, SimCity is a game in which you simulate a city. <laughs> SimCity has the tagline, the city simulator. <laughs> yeah, there's a new version of SimCity, the simulator, coming out from EA and Maxis. Uh, and we had beta keys to it. Mine because I finagled it out of my Twitter feed like a douche, and Chris because he paid for. Uh... No, I got it from someone at work. Oh, what? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, it's all right. They're I'm gonna. gonna get... I'm gonna buy the game. In fact, and, I'm yeah, gonna you're spend, gonna give them eighty I'm fucking dollars. I'm gonna spend more too. on it than I would have because yeah, we got to the end of the beta, and it it you know takes you the little screen. The that, beta, which is also a demo. It's basically a demo, yeah. It's where just it, a demo. where it, it tries to upsell you on the deluxe and like premium versions of the game limited and collectors limited editions, and collectors edition yeah and i'm i'm looking at the collectors one which is 80 dollars, and the little extra things that it includes are british city pack french city pack and german city pack and at that point yeah. i'm like i'm clicking through them and it's, it's like it's like oh they get fucking, my 80 dollars <laughs> fuck like they get my 80 dollars got fucking Shit. cathedrals i'm going to build so many oh. fucking cathedrals 
I'm going to build cathedrals that are right next to like Frank's hot dog stand. Exactly, man. Which is the That's best. what it's all about. Yeah. I think I think oh, I can't the, wait. I think the thing to do is build cathedrals inside of a dense industrial zone. So you have a dystopian <laughs> future like right. cathedral yeah, industrial we'll Warhammer forty K. Well also yeah. you just have certain neighborhoods in San Francisco where there's just the most like majestic, beautiful old church that then is Well New York is like that too. Yeah, like any, clearly any, closed for yeah, that's a classic. twenty years with a little sign saying, Save our community church. Like no one is saving this church. Well, I guess, but in New York, you get. I mean, New York's a better example, I think, because you have really like St. Patrick's, like really amazing, beautiful cathedrals right. that are right next to just like steel skyscrapers or weird like yeah. uh, warehouse buildings and stuff. But they're but they're gorgeous, like they're truly beautiful. Um, there's in San Francisco, there's the one right next to the like Jewish museum right near the Metreon. Mm-hmm. That that church that's like just in on right. that city block. I yep. love that stuff. I think it's really cool. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Um, I I only ever played the first SimCity and SimCity 2000. I think I, I there have been two or three others since then they that are sort of four. After yeah, 2000. Um, and I didn't play them in part because when I played SimCity 2000, I enjoyed that like I had to manage the water mm-hmm. and infrastructure and stuff, but it, like it it was already getting cumbersome. But then I know that three and four kind of in the same way that I think SimCity seems like its closest relative in terms of development as a franchise and in terms of this one versus the other new one is Civ Five, I think, where, like, the SimCity games feel like they got increasingly Baroque as they went on mm-hmm. and then hit a really hardcore casual reboot recently, I think. Because isn't there, like, a Facebook-y SimCity thing that exists? I think so, yeah. There was an iOS one that I played. Right. But then now they're doing a sort of, what do we know as modern game designers, back to basics yeah. SimCity that tries to... But it's still... SimCity, the new SimCity is undeniably PC game, undeniably like high res, tiny, tiny UI, a shitload of infographics and stuff, but it's all really digestible. Like it's super complex, but actually like it's complex because there's all this shit that you actually want access to and right. it actually gives it to you right. uh, in ways that are You awesome. don't walk into it and immediately feel like you're underwater. I mean, that, there's a thing, um, Civilization's a great, I think you mentioned Civ Five. Yeah. Just not yet. So Civilization's a great parallel to this because, I mean, Civ Four is truly like one of just the great games of all time. It really is. It's, a, it's an amazing game. But it's also about a hundred times more immediately complex than the original Civilization One, which is obviously the game that built that franchise, which I played a ton of. I played many, many, many hours of Civ One when I was a kid. And uh, there's it's it always bums me out when something like Civ Five comes out and longtime fans of whatever series it is uh, start becoming upset that they've sort of taken away right. all of the complexity from this series and oh this is a great complex PC game series and it's like well if you actually played like the original games in the series they the thing that probably actually made them attractive and successful in the first place was that they balanced underlying complexity with manageability and abstraction in the right ways and so 4 is still there forever like you can still keep playing it but I'm really glad that Firaxis didn't just try and make Civ Four, Civ Four Two, two. Yeah. yeah, and I'm similarly, I'm glad that that uh, SimCity, uh, re, you know, rethought a lot of that stuff about uh, having to manage every utility and like, right, in a, a micromanaged way. It goes back when we were playing the SimCity beta, just laying down roads, laying down commercial, industrial, and residential neighborhoods, and just forming sort of the city that you want to see. Just the simple fascination and joy of that is totally is that 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 exactly is my first experience playing the original SimCity. Mm-hmm. But oh, absolutely! It, it was already by SimCity 2000. That wasn't my my first impression of playing SimCity 2000. It was my memory of SimCity 2000. For all of that game's strengths, is still 
oh my god, I have to manage sewage. Yeah. <laughs> Which is stupid and makes me a bad person as a SimCity fan, I guess. Well, but I mean, like the the thing that I find really interesting about the new SimCity is the ways that it simplifies things that like because it does have something a lot of things that are simplified compared to some of the prior right, revisions. Definitely, definitely. But does. but it it does it in a way that is really logical and doesn't detract from the overall like complexity and density of the game. Right. It just detract it just it just reduces like the busy work and little things you can fuck up. Because the thing that I find really interesting that makes total sense is that in the New Swim City, it's basically like roads are the lifeline of your city. Like everything yep. is built yep. in relation to roads. That's like, also accurate. Yes, I know. It's cool. And and because it's like if you build a road. And automatically there are water and sewer pipes under it, and it's assumed that there are power lines along it. Because that's how right. a fucking so city works, right? It, it doesn't let you have the detail of, I'm building a power plant up on the hill and I'm running a road to it, but then I'm running a more efficient power line down the hill. Like, that that one thing is gone, but yeah. you, I, I didn't miss and that. It, and it doesn't no. have, like, you know, oh, under each building that's built, there's a little, like, water pipe, and you have to put a main line from your water plant right. to reach it or whatever. It's just like, well, the roads would have that under it. And to reinforce this, you can only zone along the edges of roads and then like what you zoned builds out from that. Right. So, so it's guaranteed that everything you built is going to be connected to yeah. all the, the resources. Right, really because I know, yeah, in. Chris, your first instinct when loading this game up was like, let me just start stamping down residential and commercial yeah. areas and then draw, draw roads in between them. But the game yeah. obviously was like, shut up, build an empty road first. Yep. But that's also how that's really built. Like when a neighborhood first goes in, the road is laid, and then housing plots are plopped along the edge of it. Like it, it feels yep. very natural. Yep. Yeah, it's really smart. It's really smart. And as soon as you understand, because it's, and as soon as you understand that paradigm, it's great because you start thinking about the city in from a long term planning standpoint, and like the the road tools that they've put in there really, really reinforce that and help you do it well. Uh, because and they're also you, hilarious and awesome because yeah. they're they're hilarious because they're so fucking they're awesome. So good. They're yeah, like the smartest line like line drawing yeah. tools in a game uh, ever. You find your, like I found myself when I was playing it using the roads as basically my sketch pad to define the city grid and knowing that doing that was like my catch all solution. I don't you know I that's it. Like you put those roads down and then from that point you can zone whatever you want and the city will build from there. But the they have all these tools that feel like you're just using a specialized version of Photoshop or something where you can you lay down the road and the game will just will smartly determine correct parallel guidelines that yeah sort of like little just dotted dashed lines appear hundreds of feet away on the same axis that your road is so mm-hmm. say, saying oh maybe this is the density of grid that you want if so yeah. just draw along this dotted line or but yep. if you say if that, I want it to be denser grid, and you do that, then it says, okay, so you've drawn two lines in a row, and then just extrapolates out dashed uh, suggested grids. Proportionally, yeah. Proportionally yeah. F- f- sort of dissipating out into into the green unpopulated area. So, and then when you try to make San Francisco and just make a, a, big, a just grid and then street. just have a big fat <laughs> diagonal out from it, you your mind gets blown when it has proper grid lines for both of those yeah, like, city guidelines. Says, oh, your that... city stupidly takes a 30-degree turn partway through it to and make a they, boomerang? And they I got it. they intersect with each other. So you're like, yeah. oh, if I wanted to follow this, it goes like that. And, yeah. and then all of our minds like fucking detonated yeah. <laughs> when, when, when Chris realized that there was a curved roads tool like near the end of the demo session we were playing. And he just dragged we're it like, What's out this thing? from the edge of the city. And then it makes perfect grid lines that are concentric in, inside and outside of the Rodian drama. We're just like, no! <laughs> and they like line up and intersect with the straight lines he had. And it's like, oh. It's like the power it gives you to plan and visualize is yeah. fucking amazing. And it just looks so sharp. 
and so smooth in how it's presented and so readable. On on top Ugh. of that, I think like <laughs> our our SimCity demo experience was just our minds being crushed over and over again. Successively or crushed, like, yeah. I really wish that I could see population demand. Oh, what's this button down in the bottom corner? Oh, like 17 ways of visualizing the data in your city using oh. your city as a 3D infographic. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just- it's amazing. All of the all of the data visualization visualization views basically um, like detexture everything in your city except for the thing that's relevant to what you need right now. So when you're looking at like the the fire view for example, like you see your fire station pops out because it's still textured. Everything else has that really iconic kind of lit but untextured yeah, view just, that you see when a game is like white. still early in development. Yeah, it looks really striking and cool. It looks all mirrors edgy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and then the game will over, you know, as you're placing your uh, fire station, for example, it'll overlay like a green glow that radiates out from the station so you can see how far it just only the streets get lit up with yep. that too so you can see where can the fire department make it in time yep. so that when a fire is reported they can get there before it's put out yeah. and then sort of the odds of that seem to dissipate out the further you get and then planting a second fire department obviously will those green those two greens area green areas on of streets mesh and you can see visually just oh that's my fire coverage yep. like i think and when you similar. play it it just feels like there was this really clear set of values like these there's this really confident uh, overall vision of how all this shit needs to work because when you guys are talking about that like the fire station coverage area it doesn't just put a big green circle out it only highlights the roads because again yeah, it's like yeah, the like roads said, yeah. are the, the lifeline it's like the spine this, of the city yeah. this is the well this is the amount of road space that cops from this police station get to or whatever which means they'll be able to service any buildings that are serviced by those roads because oh, the man. rest of it but then you know, when you like, go to the property values visualization which is crazy it doesn't it doesn't only highlight the roads it highlights all it has terrain, the terrain so but you know what's built there it takes so you'll see a sort of uh it's like a topographical map. Yeah, basically. bright bright red is least valuable and bright blue is most valuable and you can see as it sort of fades into the industrial zone, how that gets shitty. And then we yeah, realized that... we had that, a shitty industrial zone right on the waterfront. Yeah, we realized that waterfront property, like, or just waterfront geography contributes to, to property value. So there, that area, just because of its geographical status, was already brighter blue than other undeveloped areas, and sometimes brighter blue than, like, our transitionary areas. But then, yeah, we had, we thought it was funny to dump all the sewage and shit into the ocean, so we put... And also, just by way of the way Chris built the city... Yeah, we realized we'd stepped all over our most valuable property by putting a bunch of shit yeah. factories right at the beach. And it, Classic and see, mistake. Yeah, and you can see it just – you can see the, the property values just take a big old bump yep. right as that intersection. It was really good. And then there, there are other data oh, visualization yeah, modes where like – The police station's presence and the school's presence. Like oh, yeah. those Boosted property values. Those values boosted yeah. property values yeah. along with all these other things. So mm-hmm. just being able to switch between these views and see how they impact each other was crazy. And like, there, there are other data visualization modes where – uh, like a, basically a 3D histogram actually extends out of the ground to show values for certain things in certain areas. Yep. Like what is contributing to uh, garbage uh, uh, um, accruing, you know, accumulation in the city. And so you'll see areas like industrial zones will actually have these like 3D graph bars that extend out of that area on the ground and just really, really quickly allow you to look at your city and say, oh, okay, I see. To what you were saying, Steve, about the lifeblood being the roads, I think that the thing that exemplifies that the best in the game is just there is foot and vehicular traffic throughout your city. And that's shown. You can see it always. You can see it on, like, you build these roads and then the moment that someone moves in, you know that they move in because off the interstate, also all cities are connected to interstates. You, like, 
um, and just to briefly talk about that for half a second, there are your map, your sort of general region contains three spots, like three sort of starter areas for cities, and then one area for a great work of some kind that all three of the cities share. Which can be like a what spaceport or arcology or other stuff. Yeah, like that. but uh, when someone moves into a residential zone, you know that's happening because from off screen on the interstate, a moving van comes in, takes the exit, drives to the street. Yep. And then so a family weird. moves in. Like, or you'll see, like, at the end of a school day, the SUV comes home and, like, the parents and three kids pop out and go into the house. So, like. And then they walk back out of the house and walk to a restaurant. And then and they, they eat dinner. And yeah. then they leave the restaurant and walk back into their house. Uh, it's good. So, like, the, there was all, a thing. I th- we've probably mentioned this on a past podcast, but I remember seeing one of the dev diaries from the, I think, the lead designer of the game. And he was saying that very, very, very early in development, when they were still, uh, I think, working out the actual engine, whose name I can't remember, uh, they talked about it a fair amount. Uh, he was saying they decided on just uh, Unreal Three. <laughs> <laughs> they decided on the guiding design principle that no, no nothing would be introduced into the sort of guts of the systems in this game unless they were actually visually represented in the world. So there's sort of no simulation without representation. Basically, it's like the 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 principle they had on this, and it extends to everything. So like the population of your city, there are that many actual people moving around this city. Like, it's, it's out Which of Which is amazing. It's that's totally amazing. That's absurd yeah. and insane. And to that point, that's something I find very interesting about it is it's clear that in multiple ways, um, the the scale of this is overall smaller. Both it is. It both, is. both in the boundaries in of the city. And, yeah. and, yeah, especially time, which is what struck me much more than just how many square miles you that, had to The thing about with. that that we didn't get into, though, is managing three cities. Because... Sure. That does increase. I mean, you're right. The the map that you get to build on, you don't get to let your city extend out to the finite edges of what the SimCity engine can handle. Yeah. But you can build three separate cities, and they don't all need to do the same thing. Like right. you can have one city that's very industrial focused, yep. and that's like processing that's selling and, that's processing and yep. selling coal mm-hmm. to your other city who has none of that stuff, but has a coal power plant that doesn't want to produce internally and just wants to have trucks delivered to it. Yeah. Or you can have commu- – like there yeah. was commuter visualization where people yeah, – you, you can have a you suburb can, you and, an, and you can have a big commercial city and, and yeah, yeah, and a bedroom community. It would be and, cool to like recreate like the boroughs of Manhattan. You know, you've got – you, oh God, of Manhattan, of New York itself, which obviously includes uh, Manhattan, which is, you know, very high-value residential and commercial. And, and then you've got like the Bronx – where just all of the garbage goes like that's I mean you know that's that's how that city works it's got yeah. it's like unfortunate for a lot of people who live in certain boroughs in that city but like that would be a cool thing to replicate in SimCity using the system they have now it's, which I has, mean it's, it's well, more it seems f- to make sense to say okay we're gonna have our 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 South San Francisco industrial yeah. city and then we're gonna have like the the suburbs yeah. and then we're gonna have the big commercial center mm-hmm. you know and they all connected I mean obviously you could do that yourself in in other SimCity games and just sort of hope that the system would would try and do what you're trying to get it to do, where the where traffic flow and the transition of goods is more abstracted. But and the trade-off in this game is obviously there's hard lines on the map where your city just stops. You can yeah, only yeah, build. Yeah. But yeah. it was, well, it was also, cool to see. I'm that, also though. curious to see what some of these. What I mean is this is that limit that area square footage limit we saw in the beta is that representative of the full game? Like I just don't even know. right. Can the extent because there was city? a lot of stuff like all of the public transportation stuff, for example, we just had no Except access buses. to in the beta, and like we were. Oh man, that's something I got really excited about thinking about while we were talking about roads and stuff just mm-hmm. now. Is streetcars are a kind? Yeah, I'm and, stoked and to start building streetcars because in in other sim cities you had to like tear up shit to like put down parallel train lines or whatever. But God, I bet I hope and bet the streetcars just 
paint over your existing roads and the streetcars go down the middle of the street and yeah, cars go on yeah, either yeah, side yeah. of them. Ugh, so good. Streetcars are going <laughs> to oh, be everywhere. The, the, the micro city. level of it, like all the way down to we had this, we built a school and then you can zoom in and then the school itself has upgrade properties that you can manage on your own. So you, additional Chris, classrooms. you added an additional like classroom annex, put another floor on that and then added a bus depot, like a little bus, a school, a school bus, bus parking stop, area. Yeah. Uh, and then Schools come with one bus, but then you can add two to let them facilitate or to let them visit more areas. But you can decide also where they visit by where the bus stops are by buying and placing bus stops, which then uh, raised the happiness level of all of those neighborhoods because well, they those... had bus service for the kids. And then the fucking bus goes and stops, and kids yep. go get out of the houses and get in the bus and go to school. Also, <laughs> also it's hilarious because when you buy a bus stop, technically what you're doing is you're you're like introducing a proposal to construct a bus stop at right. that intersection and then the city council or whoever has to approve it and like it happens pretty quickly usually. right so you, you get the little just... pop of the goes boop boop bus stop approved and then you hear yeah. a little like woo from that neighborhood and yeah. you see the little happiness plus meters pop it's out of those houses good. just like, all, seeing all of those things actually represented in the game in real time it's just it's remarkable the two, the two best things yeah you, the two best add-ons all buildings apparently all civic buildings all civic buildings yeah and you get to decide where the little sign gets plopped down and where the little flagpole is attached and you just yeah. are a silly ass person, also, but it's, it's good. good. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, is there? I didn't see if there were any systemic benefits to having a sign or a flagpole, or if they were just because you wanted to be like to hopefully, up the pomposity of your of your mayorship. Hopefully, they, hopefully they increase uh, property value in just the most negligible, to yeah. the most negligible degree. <laughs> my know? my assumption is they increase the amount that that school increases the property value right. around it, but just right. by a, by a tiny, yeah, bit. yeah, because they cost almost nothing compared yeah, to like it was all like the ten dollars. It's like ten thousand dollars to build an annex. Of, of a classroom and 200 to build, to build like a sign, sign and so, 100 I mean, for a flagpole like, yeah no money basically yeah those, those little details were were really nice though mm-hmm, mm-hmm. being able to just you have a police station and then the notion of upgrading the police station it doesn't just like plop in a level two unit it's actually like you decide where you the choose, little jailhouse you, you choose where the and, wing goes and yeah. you have to actually have space available yep. on your block to put an extra wing yeah, so into make your sure you hot tip leave plenty of room for, for your, your mayor's city hall. hall. Oh, no. Because, or no, for city your city hall. hall. Because you can construct a lordly fucking... A complex. Like, it seems like... Because yeah. we, we only just added like on one hall wing. Hall of Justice. Hall of like, yeah. all these other things. Yeah, all we, these, we like, added the merchants. Wing, yeah. Like, all there was shit, one yeah. wing that we added and it doubled the size of, of the city hall. And then we scrolled through the, the options that will be in the full game. And there were like eight of them. We're like, yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, so if you want the most majestic mayoral hall you can have it also the mayor is allowed to build himself a house if it's I think really expensive it's expensive as all shit so it, it recommended like if your people think that you are the best mayor in the world build yourself a mayor's house and then it was like if they think you're amazing and you have a ton of money build this huge like chateau yeah there was like the most lordly mansion that you could yeah. have for yourself for no reason oh it's gonna be sweet. also buy the London set and put Big I'm just Ben put on Big, your yeah. giant I, parliament I'm gonna have an entire <laughs> I'm gonna have an entire district of a town where City Hall, the mayor's mansion, a cathedral, Big Ben. Like, it's just, uh, it's, it's going to be out of control. It's going to be so good. Give me this game. And yeah, then you'll just have the shit game. neighborhood over there that resents the hell out of that neighborhood. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. God, just yep. ugh, Doucheville over there. Name it <laughs> Doucheville also. God, it's going to be so good. Naming districts would be amazing. They probably don't support that. They probably that. don't have that. It's probably yeah. gratuitous. It's probably, it falls outside of the model of what this is, but being able to have it say the residents of Doucheville are... are <laughs> <laughs> well, they have... They, are pleased. Are pleased, they're, exactly. They're always pleased. <laughs> they updated a lot of like just weird little... Um, I feel like something that you can tell, I think, is that they questioned all of the assumptions that they held about 
SimCity. Like as and a lot of stuff has stayed the same. But I found it really interesting. For instance, that you start your city and you're putting down your initial roads and zones and power plant and everything. And it's not until you unlock City Hall that you actually get to name your city. That's true, yeah. When it's sort of, it's like, mm-hmm. that's really cool. Because it's like this weird little unincorporated, you know, like... Patch, yeah. Like, like, civil, like little patch of civilization. And then, oh, we got big enough that we got incorporated and there's a City Hall now. What are we going to call this oh, town? Right. Yep. Yeah, that's it's, super good. It's, it's cool. It just gives you kind of a generic name until that point. To that point, yeah. it, it, um, what you were saying about... Uh, sewage and power plants and stuff it's worth pointing out that although you don't need to lay power lines and stuff this the all of those elements are still totally necessary and the way that coverage is determined is through that same visualization as the fire department so i don't know i I was i was concerned when i very first when we very first started playing the demo that this thing was not going to actually have that same dense interdependency of systems that classic SimCity stuff had and it I think it probably actually. It still clearly does. It has. It, it may have more for all that we know because yeah. of the micro level stuff. I but. suspect it does because of that uh, that kind of dogmatic approach they took to everything resulting yeah. from the system. I think they just made smart choices about how micromanage you need to get on an actual player facing interface standpoint. You know, like yep. it's all represented in the interface. It's just not doesn't require you. Like shift all the little bits yeah. around all the time. Like, so there are no sewer pipes or sewer system, but you can switch the game to sort of turn into a living like motion infographic of the sewage flow in your city, yeah. and you can see you can watch it in real time when like when your city doesn't have coverage anymore, or you can see it all flowing successfully out to your sewage plant on the bay where it belongs. <laughs> um, and it, yeah, it you're doing a little bit less micromanagey stuff, but at the same time, you still feel ridiculously responsible for all of these systems continuing to work to a very tiny detail that I think is actually the the detail that you're paying attention to is less abstract than it was in the earlier games. No, absolutely. Which yeah. is a weird, yeah. it's a weird trade that I think is a, actually a, I think a, it's a just an improvement. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's part of the whole thing where the data visualization is actually like overlaid on your city. It's that, it's that this, in the same way, it, it connects everything to the concrete aspects of mm-hmm. your city. So yep. you aren't just sort of like Opening up an Excel sheet, you don't just see a line like chart a that's like satisfaction graph. is down. You actually see yeah, this neighborhood has gone yeah, to shit, like, and these exactly look at an individual piss. person and see what they're doing or what they recently did or what they're happy yeah. about or whatever. Or you yeah. could because in you know you could see like like a heat map basically of pollution or whatever. Or you could you know look at a graph of how's my air pollution. But in 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 prior SimCities, but in this SimCity. The pollution is represented by like you pull back and there are giant bars coming out of individual factories and stuff. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, that factory is yep. shitting out air pollution everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. You can see air pollution uh, and ground pollution, I think. Yeah, as well. exactly. Yeah. It's nice because it just gives you – not that I think this was necessarily a problem in old SimCities. Like, I don't think this specific thing bothered me. But I'm way happier about it in this one that you can just tell things aren't being fudged or like sort of um, uh, right. approximated in ways that you don't understand. To that like, point – yeah, sorry. Regardless how good or bad you are as a mayor, you apparently have the best civic infrastructure for data collection of any mayor that has ever existed. <laughs> if you we're like, fuck up, this factory right here <laughs> is doing really poorly, but we're not, hey, you choose not to do anything about it because maybe they're making you some money. But you yeah. know, like, there's yep. no, you can't claim ignorance of anything yeah. as a mayor in this it, city. That, that might be an area that has nothing to do with reality. Right. <laughs> like, that is, God, I just, I don't know, having read reporting about just the state of municipal, uh, 
like data collection. Like oversight and yeah, yeah. data collection. Oh my god, it's oh, a disaster always. The music reflects that <laughs> though, I feel. The music reflects that you are a that there is just nothing hyper efficient, like just, yeah. hyper aware. Yeah. Yeah. The music actually, we haven't talked about it at all. It's great. It's really, really cool. There's, all the sound design. All the sound design the music is fantastic. Is yeah. And there's you'll Except you know, possibly we, Simlish if you ask Jake. I'm yeah, not Jake a big Simlish fan, but whatever. I, I got um, used you to it. You can probably quick. turn it off in your game. But uh, Speak English. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, if you when you go into mm. like data visualization mode, right in keeping with how everything in the world is not desaturated, but kind of goes to this white, um, the music goes to just like strips down to this very sparse layer that feels very sort of like technocratic, you know, orderly kind of music. It is all it it uh, um, you know the frequency is kind of flattened out a bit, like everything just feels like it fits what's going on the screen. Yeah, really well, and they do a lot of that with also like your zoom level. Like when you're zoomed all the way out, there's just this really light musical layer that feels very airy, and then you zoom down to where you can see individual people walking around, and you both have the sound design from those people chattering and buses driving around. The hustle and bustle feel, but also the the music is like, what does it do, Steve? Oh, you heard it. You can loop it in editing if you want. I don't care. And so all that stuff just goes together to to really just seamlessly emphasize all the the activity on screen mm-hmm. that you can actually kind of like process yep. from the, the view that you're currently in. It's really good. Also, occasionally a plane flies by and it's majestic as shit. It's yeah, true. That's true. <laughs> a plane just flies through your view and you're like, oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is a really good game. I, it's especially cool. Um, for me, I want to play because it. I know More. I've played I want it to be like, March 5th now. Yeah. And, oh, is it March? Oh, oh, actually just really quick to that point before yeah. uh-huh. it, uh, we get, well, I don't know. Whatever you were gonna say, whatever. Just <laughs> we uh, eat shit, Chris. Uh, we anyway. we got beta codes through friends who had extra invites, and I'm not sure how that works. But it seems like on and off, EA just has opened up. If you're a pre-order customer, that just turns into you have beta access. And I think yeah. as of this exact moment that we're recording, for some reason, new account invites got turned off for beta customers. But I think they're just they they're rolling keys in and out as as things go. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, so there's a site that knows more yeah. about this. Than we so do, so go, you don't but, read about it. Just if you want to play uh, it. SimCity.com slash wizard. Yeah, basically. <laughs> no, <laughs> just for people who are looking not, to play it and really. are annoyed that we're talking about a thing that isn't released yet, there are – it is it a public – it's a public or semi-public beta. Yeah. Like, yeah. But yeah, if you know a guy. <laughs> or if you just buy their game. Or if you buy If it. you know a, ga- I mean, you know a guy named EA Also, Origin. you should fucking buy it. So yeah, I'm going to go buy it. Go buy it. Just buy it. I might as well have gotten it from the thing I was going to buy because that money is as good as gone. You'll be fine. But one of the things that's really cool for me playing this is that there's – I've I've uh, talked about games, these sort of European city builder games a lot on this – not a lot, but you know, more than a few times on this podcast in the past. Nick Brecken has as well. You know, he was talking about Tropico recently. Nick and I feel like that <laughs> – that, Nick Brecken. <laughs> I feel like that's a – it's a genre that just has been – seems like – it feels to me like it's been just so ignored by North American developers for so long now, um, especially in this way. Like the – um, I got really into the Anno games, you know, for a long time, and I, I haven't really played much of Anno um, 2070, I guess, because the, yeah, the future thing one. is not as appealing to me as the historical one. But, um, but there, there's the thing that always was very attractive to me about those games is how much clear love they have for just the running of a city, you know, just, just the little ways things interact, and how do you represent these, these, re- these things beautifully, and how do you, how do you one have 
you know, have all the little nice things about seeing individual people move around and this and that, but also depict the harmonious interaction of a system in a way that is just beautiful to look at in addition to play, obviously. Yeah. And it's it's so nice seeing uh, SimCity, which, you know, we've talked about in the past how that's SimCity feels just like more of a North American take on just municipal systemic yeah. representation, which makes sense because it's, it's made here. But I, I like... I, I'm glad that there's would, now. Would you say that the new game feels like heavily influenced by the like European games? Well, so games this is the thing. That, so I'm because yeah, so, I haven't played those. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so this is what I'm saying. I feel like the visual execution of it totally does. Like all of the the way that they approached the clockwork visual representation of the underlying systems totally feels to me influenced by that German style of game. But the but the scope that they choose to represent and the way the city functions feels much more like a a North American. You know, just the like the the huh. uh, the extreme um, focus on how like roads, for example, are just the core of every like a a road city grid. Like that is like just the fundamental unit that feels to me very North American. Like the North American cities are younger. I bet people are going to use the weird curvy scribbly stuff to make some very non-American stuff. But there's obviously but that's, modeled that's on that would be great in yeah. no matter no matter where yeah. you put it. But I'm just talking about like yep. just the central metaphor for how a city is represented. Yep. And I'm glad now that there's that spectrum has once again become a little more filled out because I love both of them. Like I, 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 I want to bust the still. fucking demo out and they have, there's a, so there's like five different road drawing tools and one of them is just a freehand just scribble draw school. <laughs> yeah. And I, and we didn't actually do any of like you, you dragged one out, but you didn't actually confirm it. I really want to see if you can do a horrible squiggle and then it makes the concentric guy. So guidelines maybe you want your second to block it. to also yeah. be yeah. this so horrible just, squiggle. Dotted lines yeah. <laughs> on either side of it. I can't God, even I imagine. So the thing that you were saying or just about where, where this new SimCity seems like it's informed from the thing, mm. one thing that, it doesn't seem very much in our wheelhouse to talk about because we don't play them, but this is very clearly a SimCity that's like post-Zynga SimCity as well. Mm. Like the user, where, where do you see that? Uh, just or ways it jump out at you? I guess the 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 way that the interface works and the things that are available to you feels it just feels like like simulation and city building games do totally exist in a, in the modern space and and management games, but it is things like. Hero Academy or Farmville or Middle Manager of Justice and it's like I've been playing the shit out of Middle Manager of Justice for like that game did a thing uh, to my Double brain. Fine Productions yeah, downloaded Double- for free now on the uh, Chris Ramos Middle Manager of Justice. <laughs> nope. Um, and that game because it sort of has been scratching a little bit of the of the itch of mm-hmm, just sort of yeah. micromanaging stuff, stuff, but yeah. but it's very it's it's obviously simple, but the the thing about free to play and sort of the social versions of those games is they're all they're all about withholding everything from you until you either wait for god knows how long or pay money but they've gotten very very good at making those tiny simulation loops like the really micro level stuff incredibly satisfying like yeah. how the how leveling up something works when something becomes available works just browsing through user interfaces and figuring out how what what are all the, like the little the fact that you can put a sign and a flagpole on your school would right. not exist, I don't think, in a game made before that was the sort of stuff that you could nickel and dime out of people. Like mm. I don't think that, I, I, yeah. I don't think SimCity would have that model if it wasn't for yeah, I can see that. But it's so it's But to be clear, they don't they, they don't, don't. Need no, no, yeah, for yeah. That. Like, it's just a feature or, of the or game. Or the idea that, that like we, we played SimCity. this game and we Chris immediately just went, Oh my god, I can lay down grid 
fat city streets, boom, 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 boom. And then we're like, okay, let's build a police station. We're broke already. <laughs> and then you yeah. click on City Hall and there's a button that says take out a loan. And I was like, oh, okay, good. You just take out a loan and it's yeah. just systemized. But yeah. The notion of or of, of bond measure ABC, and yeah, and then your interest payments get factored back into yeah, your hourly the, income. Those are all things that feel like maybe previous SimCities had that exact mechanic, and I don't remember it. But the way that it was presented in the user interface, you can take out bonds, right? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. It just it, okay. It it felt the the flow felt to you like like oh, this is like a withholding yeah, I th- like I based think, microtransaction based like there are game people, design except you just get to fucking play right. it. Right. <laughs> I hope I hope that yeah. because of the way that the aesthetic of this thing works and the way that they sort of have their UI feedback built I hope that it allows SimCity to appeal to people who are into modern sort of casual sim games but it is just like Oh god, jeez! Like you just feel oh, like yeah, right. I don't. I don't just, have to wait until I log on to right. Facebook it's tomorrow just, to build or take more out my roads. credit card again. Yeah, because yeah. it doesn't have it doesn't have the um, sort of really obtuse and baroque barrier to entry of a lot of like late '90s through early 2000, like mm-hmm. deep mm-hmm. deep into these licenses sim games. But it also doesn't have all of the shit that gets kicked on top from a financial standpoint. Uh, of free to play versions like it just which uh, I have to assume was like a hard fucking battle for the people at EA at that, that yeah at Maxis who made SimCity because they put fucking microtransactions in the single player of Dead Space 3 like people <laughs> well, at EA want no, some fucking true. microtransactions yeah. in your game and so what I'm are kind the of amazed that, Sim- that they does, killed it does SimCity have a store like is this going to have a boo is this going to have a like Valve-esque uh, like a TF2 store, right? Like if it's like, oh, you want a Ferris wheel? So we've got one. For maybe, you, two maybe, bucks. maybe so, that's, but that's but none of it's in game, right? right? Like, like we never saw any evidence. Right, that's, of that, that's right, it's you know? more of the expansion pack model in that yeah, case, yes. right? Exactly. Um, Which I, you know, that's a total. That's it's that's not, just a it would, built-in it wouldn't DLC be pay to play store, better. and that's yeah. not like that's fine. That seems yep. like a separate. Yeah, I mean, that's content that artists are going to would theoretically be making versus versus being able to buy like the residential pacification pack or whatever of right. like low have this thing that Makes reduces people happier for 6 hours right. it, or yeah. or it's like oh that loan you took out you can pay it off for 4.99 using your credit card yeah, <laughs> right. right yeah oh barf. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, none of that's in there just to make it clear at least it's not in the demo so, and it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like that would match up with the ideology of what's on display in god this that game. would ruin everything about this game <laughs> yeah. uh, but yeah, SimCity is obviously fucking cool. I think yeah, we're all super incredibly happy. It's it'll, real it will be cool. bought the most. Yeah. And it does, does it does have some online stuff, I know. Like, it at least had leaderboards. But I don't know if it has anything... Best city. But, <laughs> but I, I don't know if it has anything to do, like... I would have to look it up. But it would be really cool if, like, you guys could make cities and then I could... You know, like sell trade, trade with coal yeah, to you yeah, yeah, from yeah. my city or something. Yeah. I don't know if that's if I have that's no idea built that's in. in the game. That would be crazy. That would be yeah. sweet. like some kind of sim world, like a sim Earth. Oh my god! The real question is, well, what if we're getting like, streets keep, of Sim City? What if you could keep zooming in to your to like inside someone's house, and then there's a game of Sim <laughs> Ant going on? Okay, here's what would be fine. <laughs> What would be fine Sim would be Ant. if inside of the storefront of this game you could unlock macro zoom mode, which then just turns into Sim Ant. Or choose your house, <laughs> and then you're yeah. well. I guess the one level of zoom would be the Sims, and yeah, then the next right. level of zoom is Sim, Sim Ant. Ant. But then if you and then uh, well, then wasn't there Sim Life that's like microbes and shit? Or am I making that up? Yeah, that's like that else? was an evolution thing. Yeah. And then Sim Earth, I don't know exactly how that works because I didn't play enough. Sim that one was way too Sim complicated to play at the age I was but when that game. The Sim key, Life was similarly the like key an game in all of these though is is 
Streets of Sim City, which yes. is the, like yes. the street racing, like shoot guys. And, in and your this city. game, like the new Sim City, seems way more capable of playing. The new Sim City is already Sim secretly City. running Streets of Sim City. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You you could like you could get you could put the camera down on the streets and just drive around, and it has like the visual splendor to pull it off. Yeah. Because well, like one of our first do a ex- chase cam on a car yeah. that just zooms you zoom in yeah. and follow. One, it one of our first experiences playing this thing was they open up like the the tutorial city and. We just like turned it towards the sunset and angled it down, and we were just like blown away by the fucking majesty of sunlight washing yep. over this oh, city so at like good. six p.m. And then we realized the we had our graphic settings just, turned oh. to shit too. So yeah, like, yeah, I know. And then oh. we turned, yeah, we turned all the graphics up and then went back into the game, and it was already just like it's even more beautiful immediately. So it's like if you weren't expecting a SimCity game to give you jaw-dropping, fucking gorgeous majestic visuals uh guess what it does <laughs> like well, that, surprise and that's because def- i wouldn't have guessed that shit no no but it's and that's definitely beautiful. the thing that i was just really... all the uh, atmospherics and the way mm-hmm. that just like the feeling of light and air yeah, is no, represented totally. yeah and that's definitely something that i they i'm sure they looked at a lot of the european games i'm talking about because that's something i feel like those games both Anno, had a the Anno games and tropico also yeah. Is yeah. One. yeah you guys yeah, are talking exactly. about that exact thing with nick about tropico yeah. and I'm, I'm glad that it's just kind of seems to have become kind of an understood thing in this genre that these games can just look astoundingly beautiful. I yeah. mean, just incredibly gorgeous. And uh, playing this game is just more example of that. Yeah. More evidence. There's Same. some there's some hilarious stuff too. Like apparently in the options is just a pull down and you can apply a bunch of like Instagram filters to yeah. the Yeah, oh, we didn't even try those. No, yeah, yeah. there's like one called Film Noir and there's like yeah. Sepia and There's also three different colorblind filters, which is incredible. That's badass. No one ever does shit like that. Yeah. I wonder if those we should we should screw with them cuz I wonder if things like Film Noir um, actually affect the lighting model at all cuz colorblind mode Probably is more than just a filter. It probably makes sure that the the, the UI lines don't draw in reds yeah, and greens yeah, that oh, are red sure. green colorblind. Yeah. But that means that means that that is not just a full screen color effect, which makes me think: does, Are they are does, they changing other? Does things film too? noir mean that your shadows get three times as intense and creep uh, across the ground? God damn it! We're does doing it mean this that the music becomes st- smoky saxophones? <laughs> <laughs> we stop recording this cast. I'm turning on film noir mode in Sim God, City. that would be amazing though if if all the filters had the exact same music except for film right. noir mode, which just which, which just has the sweet smell of success soundtrack. Yeah. God, <laughs> given that the narration, given when, that, when you when okay. you pan the camera down blah, towards blah, the horizon, blah, you just hear. You don't – the game – English does not exist in the game. Everyone speaks Simlish. Yep. Therefore, you could also have uh, a private investigator monologue, but you wouldn't know what it meant. <laughs> so maybe if you find the one guy who's uh, a PI or who's like the head detective. You find a private eyes office. And you click on him and follow game. him. You just hear – Osama Blornager. Yeah. Gaspard and you. What? <laughs> oh, I was just following the private investigator in noir mode. It's fine. <laughs> oh no, another guy in trench coats behind him. Look behind you. <laughs> <laughs> also, emergent sim events that are themed. Oh, that guy's colorblind because I'm running colorblind mode. <laughs> <laughs> Unlocks vision clinic that he you just, can place. He just gets run over as he walks <laughs> across the street. He couldn't he see. He couldn't see. Reader mail. All right. <laughs> Let's do it. He couldn't tell that the traffic was dense on his Google map because the red and green traffic <laughs> density things look the same. So he went to work at the wrong time. The game is not hot, like the characters are not high fidelity enough to do this. But I wish if you zoomed in far enough, it'd be like GTA 4 where you can see people walking around looking at their phones. Yeah, yeah no, the yeah. characters all look like like they're PS1 characters. characters. Although, yeah. like although that was before we had modeled that. Like, uh, For all we know, there's full fucking Sims in there. Probably aren't, though. No, probably not. But I mean, I suspect there's... 
a better oh, yeah. looking version of them because we we cranked all we the, had all the settings up after on that. Maybe yeah. they actually look better than yeah. we saw. I, I suspect they do because yeah. I think texture texture and model quality. We're playing this demo things. again after this. Yeah, yeah we are. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's do some reader mail. Oh, yeah. it's mail from you, the readers. Okay, Vincent Choi says, "Hello, idle thumbers. I have three quick questions." But allow me to preface them first. Oh, God. That's four. <laughs> but it's, allow me to preface is, these are statements. With not... a question. Uh, it has two parts. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I consider myself an avid gamer. I love games and playing games. But now that I'm swamped with college and work, I find myself lacking in time to play them. In response, I turn to iOS and small bite-sized games I can hold in one hand and play on the Muni or in, in between classes. My questions are, A, do you feel people today prefer pick up and play but and simply have no time to sit down with Epic Works, or is there still a market for those? B, why is addictive becoming a gaming buzzword? Did I miss something? Last time I checked, addictions are behaviors or substances that are created to alter one's mind or to cause dependency. I'm pretty sure I don't want games doing that to me. C, why do you guys never talk about portal games? I don't just mean iOS, but also PS Vita and 3DS. They're pretty much non-existent in the world of Idle Thumbs. Oh, portable. Sorry, I thought you said portal games. I'm like, How come you guys never talk about, about portal games? Ever? Didn't you like the companion cube? Come on. <laughs> Finally, was I want Prail, to thank... right, right? Oh, he got his postcard. He got his Idle Thumbs postcard as of today, January 5th, 2013. It is signed by Chris Remote, Jake Rod, and Shurgerm. <laughs> this is an accurate if you've seen our signatures. Yeah, postcards went out for everyone finally. Yes. Cool. There's a, you go to blog.idlethumbs.net. There's proof. There's a video of Jake and Sean <laughs> dumping infinite postcards into a single just mail receptacle at the <laughs> post office. So we ruined a local post office branch's day last week. Yeah. Sorry. We almost went to the San Quentin post office because we thought maybe they would have a postmark from San Quentin. <laughs> that would have been amazing. But, but you decided not. But to. well, it's a post. It's a post office that is smaller than the Idle Thumbs office, and it has one guy there who is either an inmate or you know, on like a work release type thing. And it was like that guy's life would have been so sad. Yeah. We're just like, here's hundreds. Blah, blah. Some thousands. of these probably are oh, thousands of yeah. just postcards. <laughs> We didn't want to barf them on that guy. So we barfed them into the regular post office, which has a wall where we can't see the person whose life we're ruining. <laughs> what I'm picturing is ruining your guy's life slash inbox by saying, if you've received your postcard, write to a question so I don't thumbs on that. Don't listen to Steve. Steve is not on this podcast. Mike unplugged. This is my last appearance. Bye, everybody. Um, yeah. Okay. So, so what do we feel about people preferring pick up and play versus epic works? I don't. I don't really. Pl- I mean, I don't talk. To 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 wrap together a few parts of this multi yeah, question. Yeah, I think the portable games ties into this. One. I yeah. don't. I don't really play anything that's on a phone or a Vita or a 3ds or anything. Like I've owned a PSP and a DS before, and I just found that I would sit on my couch looking at a three-inch screen, like hunched yep. over, and I was like, uh, "I'm not buying these anymore." And I don't know. I, I mean, I have games like on my iPad, um, but I don't know. So I'm I'm just not super into them as an individual. I'm yeah. sure they're, they're obviously popular. No, they're obviously incredibly uh, popular. But I'm, I'm the same way. I I basically don't play games. Yeah, like, like I went into a Barnes and Noble not long ago, and they had a bunch of Barnes and Noble Nook readers set up, which I guess are just basically little off-brand iPads now because all the demo units had Star Wars Angry Birds on them. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're, they're doing the same okay. Thing as like the Kindle Fire, it's the yeah. it's a touchscreen based reader. Um, I. Oh, sorry, I think well, both Chris and I, we talked about this a couple times a few years ago, like right probably right before we first started the Out of Thumbs podcast, mm-hmm. we went through an era where we played the hell out of the Nintendo DS. <laughs> like my life, one, yeah. that was my primary console Me almost too. for a while there, just DS all the time yep. um, with some PC games. But I just, there's just not a lot of portable stuff that I, I mean, I talked earlier on this podcast about playing Middle Manager of Justice, uh, mm-hmm. but it's it's rare for me. Like yep. I, occasionally I'll pick up an iOS game that grabs me for a couple of weeks 
and then I go back. To, well, I go back to not playing a lot at all. But when I do play <laughs> stuff, it usually ends up being on a PC or very occasionally if it's an exclusive a console. But that's just mm-hmm. I like sitting down well, and I mean, playing more, a game on a big screen. I, I don't just know. found myself the biggest uh, impact that like portable systems have had on me recently is just increasing my annoyance at the concept of hardware fragmentation like it's just like oh there's like three 3ds games and two ps vita games it would be sweet to play not buying a fucking handheld for that or like that game zombie u seems really interesting guess what i'm not buying it's a wii u so i can play zombie u you know like and i i I wish that more games were more accessible and not hardware exclusive regardless of whether they're portable or, or whatever else because yep. like I don't know Gravity Rush and like the new Fire Emblem and there's just stuff on like 3DS that seems cool and so I'm really excited when I see something like recently Capcom announced that the the 3DS Resident Evil that they put out which was pretty well received and was apparently pretty interesting is going to be on like all the home consoles and on PC oh, cool. like, like in March or something and it's like pff, sweet I can now play a thing I heard was cool I'll give you money for that yeah um I but mean, it's it's just because I don't like having tons of hardware lying around yeah. just to play like a couple of games. For me, it's partially that and partially other things. I mean, I the the part of it that is the same as what you state is that it, it is, and this has been the biggest probably factor for me over the last couple of years. I've just gotten, I've just made the personal decision for myself. I'm done as an individual supporting a bunch of gaming platforms at the same time. Like I'm just I'm just not doing it anymore. I don't enjoy it. Like I don't yeah. like having six different proprietary electronic boxes that all basically do the same thing in my house. I don't, I got, I don't, I I think it's a gross practice to have to support as someone who enjoys a particular like form of entertainment. Yeah. I think it's it's shitty and expensive and unnecessary. Um, I mean, I wish I didn't, I I wish I had never like, I wish I just had one home console and in my case that would be the 360. Like I regret having gotten a PS3 because I'm like, it's just another 360 that I never use. Uh, why can't I just yeah. buy a thing and play games on it? And, yep. <laughs> and I also, the way that those companies operate is not a thing that I'm thrilled about supporting for the most part. Yeah. You know, like it's just in general, I don't know. In general, I really like the feeling of just knowing that I play games on my PC and that's where I play, that's the device I have in my house that I play games on. And like, that's it. I do have, I do every couple months um, get, I would say like once every month and a half or so, I end up getting a new game like on my iPad or my Android phone. Mm-hmm. Um, Although there are two, <laughs> there's one game on each of those devices that I've had forever that I will never probably ever delete, um, which is Drop 7 on my Android phone, um, which is also on iOS, which is a, a brilliant, brilliant puzzle game by Area Code, uh, Frank Lance's developer that's now owned by Zynga. And it's one of those games that feels like an elementary puzzle game in in the sense that something like Tetris is elementary. Like, this is an atomic design. Like, this is just a core key puzzle game design that isn't like this mixed with this it's like this in itself is a self-contained design it's a set of rules that end up making interesting gameplay just in and of themselves yep yeah and uh, the purest version of exactly yeah and then the other is new york times crossword on my ipad which i still play every single day (laughs) and i really really like it and it's not really a video couldn't really describe it as a video game in the sense that we talk about video games but i love it um, and then I end up getting like one game every once in a while that I play for a bit, like, like uh, Super Hexagon, like Super Hexagon. Yep, uh, Middle Manager Justice. I actually did play a lot of as well. Um, and most recently, that game Hundreds. Yeah, I, yeah, played, I heard about. I it. got up to I, I got up to level ninety seven or ninety eight on that in just like a two day wow. just blast. And I can't. 
I'm on 97 or 98 out of 100 levels, I guess. I got you. And it's just impossible. Like, it's impossible now for me. The the level that I'm stuck on is okay. So this game, I don't even know yeah, how to describe it. Describe like, it because I I've, I've seen like screenshots that look like they have some like buzzsaws with numbers in them or something. Yeah, okay. I don't really so, know what it's like. Fu- at the most basic level, a, a level of this game has spheres on the screen that as you well, they're circles. I'm sorry, you're right. Discs. Where as you hold spheroids, two D. As as you touch them. Uh, they inflate. They inflate, yeah, and there's a number in the middle that shows their relative size up to 100. So when they hit 100, that's the biggest their radius is going to get, and they take up a pretty significant chunk of the screen. And you have to add up to – oh, wait, no. Yeah, yeah there's multiple – like the, the very first level, there is just a circle that you touch, mm-hmm. and it goes whoop up to 100, and you complete the level. On the second level, there's a couple circles floating around, and as you – you, you have to inflate up to it. You have to have a total of 100 sort of units of inflation. Right. The, the thing that makes it funky is when a circle is actually being blown up, it turns red. And when a circle is red, if it touches anything else, you die. So You have to start the level over. You have to start the level over again. You die. Your guy is killed. Um, <laughs> you die in real life. It's over for <laughs> yeah. your ass. Your system burns your hand to the point that your nervous system is irreparably damaged and you're dead. Needle shoots out, injects. Yeah. Um... Some sort of they have that built in yeah. to all iPads. <laughs> it's a secret iOS feature or iDevice, whatever they're called. But then <laughs> oh, it's called iDevice Fart. iDevice Fart. And then it introduces like, things like little buzz saws that if they touch little buzz saws that if they touch your uh, circle, it immediately knocks it back down to the base value. So it's just sort of a little bit of like plate spinning and time yeah. watching to try and get these all to build up until you have a hundred a hundred sort of safe units. Right. And then they start introducing additional complications like, oh, now they're bouncing around and so right. it makes it even more difficult to inflate them without touching another sphere and or disc and so on and so on. But then by the time you get to like level ninety seven or ninety eight, which is where I where I just stop, I can't play the game anymore, um, is they're all ba- there there's like thirty discs on the screen all bouncing around and they're invisible. Until they strike another disc, and then they become visible for like a second. So you have to just have this like mental map of a given area on the screen, and then you you know you you're like oh god, well there's one right here. I just saw it bounce off, so it's you know it flashed on the screen. I'm gonna touch it. Oh fuck! Then now there's another one coming from another angle that I couldn't see because they're all invisible, and now I'm dead. And it just feels like one of these cases where you just have to do it forever until you either get lucky or just become so absurdly skilled. And I'm just like I don't care to become this good at this. Yeah. It's weird. It was I don't a fun know. distraction for a little while. Though. It was. It was. It just bums me out that I got ninety seven percent through it, and right. like, and now I'm just never gonna ever play it again. I just you're I'm never done. gonna see that hundreds closing cutscene. <laughs> I'm never gonna figure out what happened in the saga of the hundreds. But anyway, like that. What about my frequency... that disc's father? Was it really dead? Yeah. Who knows? I'm never gonna know. Uh, you were him all along. Game facts. Look it up. Hundreds ending <laughs> cutscene. YouTube. <laughs> But yeah, when I do end up playing <laughs> games on devices like this, they tend to be abstract ones like that. And I tend to play them at a frequency of one every month or two. And that's it. That's about my level of how much I'm interested in that stuff at this point. Um, let's see. Uh, Elijah Peters says, Hotline was too real. Hey, guys. Uh, first of all, thanks this for the great He's guys. talking about the Idle Thumbs Hotline. 5-5 five, five, uh, Wizard on. <laughs> Oh, things got too real when I call it up. Uh, there's a real wizard. No. <laughs> he says, most of my gaming experiences feel like I'm just playing a game, and I never get that immersion feeling most games try to create. I never thought this would happen with a game like Hotline Miami, but boy, was I wrong. I was on the ninth chapter when I could not for You'll the life of believe. me. 
Sorry. What? I just made a, I unzipped a long zipper when you were reading that. Oh. It was on my jacket, readers. <laughs> uh, he says, I was on the ninth chapter where I could not for the life of me figure out how to kill everyone and escape before the sh- cops showed up. During one attempt, I finally killed all the bad Russians, or so I thought, when the last one shot me through the glass wall right before the cops came in. At that moment, my computer had a big lag spike, and I saw my body slowly fall to the ground and my mask fly from my face. I was in disbelief of the fact that I just yelled out, No! <laughs> Not because I died, but because everyone would now know that I, the nice neighborhood youth who eats your food and rents your videos, was a hitman for hire. It shook me to my core, and I put down the controller and haven't picked it up since then. Has there ever been a game, new or old, that complete that actually got you to buy into your character? Thanks for the good times, and fuck Nick Brecken, Elijah. <laughs> well said, Elijah. Good closing, especially. Yeah, I really like that ending line there. I think congrats, Nick. You want you, you think so? Is that your position on this? Congrats, Nick. I thought so. So are you going to go with this one? Congrats, Nick. Oh, that's interesting, Steve. It's, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. All right. I, it doesn't sound like you guys are convinced, but... No, it's each his own. All right. Um, really buy into your character. I, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, but I have, like, in rare occasions, kind of had a, a brief flash of the thing he describes. And I, I, I wish I could think of some some examples right now. Yeah. Um, it's always really impressive when that actually happens. I mean, that's a thing that I, that's a thing that I, uh, that happens to me probably in books more often than in, than in, uh, in games, I guess, where a a character where you'll, you'll become really invested in a character and they'll do something that is just clearly a mistake. Just, yeah, just a real mistake. And you you empathize with them so fully by that point that it just, just rips you up. It's tough in games because when you do something that you think is a mistake or is out of your character's character, you can just go, and then like, okay, sorry. What really happened is this other thing over here. Like, which I, which I guess is a, is a reason to start thinking of outside of the protagonist, like the player character space in games. Yeah. Which is, I guess, not exactly what he's talking about. But he is talking about actually identifying individually with But there probably are more examples. He's talking about what other people in the world will think about his character when that turn happens. Like, I think it's not as much, what will I become? as like, oh God, I'm actually running everyone's down. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely, I'm sure that you guys have had a similar experience to this where you're just like playing a stealth game or some kind of game where there's civilians or something. Like, I don't know, Half-Life 1 or something. And you're, like, running around. And you're, like, what if I shot this scientist? And then you shoot him. He's like, and falls oh, over. No, you're, like, oh, no. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the worst thing that ever happened. And you just yeah. load your game because you can't be the horrible guy. Right. Just yeah. shotgun yeah, yeah, yeah. the no, scientist totally. in the back I've of the I've definitely head. had that. Or um, you go, oh, what was <laughs> Gordon, what are you? Gordon. Gordon. <laughs> That's Gordon Freeman. That's his one and only line. Was in- <laughs> That was the yeah right. Return of Ganon. Hey, Return of Ganon. Yeah, it's weird that you Return can unlock of Gordon. <laughs> Half Life Three. Oh my! Half Life Three. The, re- the Return of Gordon. <laughs> <laughs> That's just after like they have the the classic teaser trailer, which is a bunch of of quick shots, and then at the end it just fades to black. You see the lambda symbol. <laughs> <laughs> no, the laugh is when it was it comes over like. Whatever their stupid uh, hashtag slash domain name thing is, oh, right. like yeah, yeah, fight for Freeman or whatever yeah, dot yeah. com <laughs> hashtag. <Yeah>. Gordon returns. <laughs> it's actually Soda Popinski. Soda Popinski and Gannon have the same laugh. It's weird. Double dribble. Double, <laughs> double dribble. <laughs> the double dribble guy has the same laugh as Gannon. It's fucking strange. You ever see the part where he's like double dribble? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's like the same. It's fucked up. Weird. It all goes. God, double okay. dribble guy. Best. I like that guy. Double dribble has the best guy saying double dribble. It also, at the time, <laughs> had the best black and white three frame animations of dudes doing six slam dunks. Oh, it's true from all the camera flashes. Yeah. Well, like you do when you do get a sick dunk and double dribble, it would go when you just get those nice full screen. They looked so real at the time. <laughs> they looked as real as when Mario slept at the end of Mario 2. Oh, that was so mm, real. So real. Good. Oh, man. That was actually a thing I loved about Cart Life was when it would occasionally have, like, suddenly Guy in the shower? represent, yeah. yeah, this, like, incredibly, you know, within the confines of whatever low pixel resolution that is. Like, super like, very detailed, detailed naturalistic, yeah, you man. know, portrait of a man in the shower. Yeah. It's probably time for that in the next reader mail. Oh, sure. Uh. What, did you have more to say? I just wanted to talk about shower men longer. No, <laughs> not true. Read a mail. Shower man is that guy's name. <laughs> you play as shower man. That's like how Mario was originally called jump man. Yep. Yeah, right. <laughs> but in cart life, you play as shower oh, well, man. In that yeah. scene, you play as shower man. But in another scene, you play as, as twine man? cut man and cart man. Eric Cartman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Steve is fired from uh-huh. Oh, no. Bye, everybody. Now. Oh, we killed him. All right, Daniel oh, Ames. Fuck. We're joined by Steve Gaynor. <laughs> I, can't I can't believe, believe you've, you've done, done this. this. All right, Daniel oh, Ames fuck. writes, Hey there, idle <laughs> thumbs. These days, especially in the PC crowd, I often see a backlash against games with good graphics. I hear people complaining uh, that a game just doesn't have perfect gameplay mechanics sort out, and the game gets lambasted uh, for this. I recently purchased Nino Kuni for the PS3, and while I don't traditionally play JRPGs, I'm finding myself really engrossed in the game, if only for excellent art design and music. It's nice after a stressful day at work to just zone out and drink in a really cohesive audiovisual experience. I'm curious if you've had other examples of games you've enjoyed, mostly for the visual audio components, even if they didn't have particularly polished or innovative gameplay mechanics. Thanks, Dan Ames. There's one that I've talked about have. before that is... So, I mean, there are a lot of probably very good examples. I mean, there are tons of good examples of this in general. But the first thing that came to mind for me, for whatever weird reason, because it, it uh, applies very much to the idea that he's talking about, is... The first couple hours of Kane and Lynch 2. Yeah, dog man. Days. I totally agree. Uh, because, like, the shooting mechanics aren't great. Story, you know, and, like, performances mm-hmm. and stuff aren't great. Like, yep. you, what, like your, your motivation as a player is not, like, super compelling. But the degree to which they rendered these, like, back alleys and, like, mm-hmm. busted down apartments and shops and stuff. Of, and the schlubby, horrible men inhabiting them. Yeah, of, of like, the deep bowels of Shanghai. And, like, again, audio-visual, like, the sounds of just weird boomboxes playing in stores as you go past and all of the, mm-hmm. like, you know, fucking lens flare shit from, like, tons of neon everywhere and et cetera, et cetera. Just, like, looking at a count, you know, like, a, a rack in a shop and it's just a bunch of, like, bootleg CD covers, you know? It's just, like, the feeling of place in mm-hmm. so much of the first couple hours of that game is goddamn amazing and it's worth playing an otherwise relatively unremarkable shooter yep. just to see how they, they brought that feeling across. I 100% agree. That's a really good example. Hooray! You did it, Steve. You're back. Yeah! Steve's I'm glad I'm not dead anymore. <laughs> well, you just reloaded your, your game. We were all really, we had this moment of like extreme remorse and shock where we were like, <laughs> oh my God, I can't believe we killed Steve. Let's do that over. It's fine now. Oh, or the person who was controlling you was like, oh, Steve, why did Steve say that horrible <laughs> thing? That was way out. Oh, imagine what Jake and Chris were thinking right up. <laughs> oh, anyway, Cannon Lynch 2. That's a Steve I know. There you go. He's then back. I pressed E. Everyone loves scoops. You pressed you pressed E. <laughs> to eject the magazine. Oh. <laughs> I pressed Z. <laughs> I pressed 
uh, you held till down, God. held down T and tapped R to inspect the next like, thing yeah. you were about to say. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty good one. Like, okay. Oh, it's good. I like you that. You press tilde to lower your gun and place it in your inventory. <laughs> you press E to present your magazine. You press V to load a bullet. You press V to load a bullet. <laughs> or whatever it is, Z. It presses tilde to bring the magazine out of the inventory. What? Or it, it puts gets the, the hose yes, again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, I don't know. It puts the round in the chamber. <laughs> I like that guy. It puts the round in the chamber. <laughs> oh, hey, kids. It puts the round Gordon, in the chamber. Half-Life scientist again? <laughs> oh, maybe. Yeah, I guess. Hmm. Well, yours was like a... Oh, yeah, you're really going to go fucking work. Work. Wow. <laughs> Exactly. You press tilde to put your gun in your inventory. <laughs> Goku, where are all the dragon balls? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about the podcast. I'm fired and dead again. <laughs> and it's canceled forever. It's all right. You yep. guys have any other things where you liked what it looked and sounded but didn't want to play it? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Probably. Probably. I don't know. I remember Jake and I playing um, Wind Waker together. at the. I mean, that, that game's great for a lot of the game anyway, but uh, all this stuff where you're sailing around for an infinite number of hours, I don't think we would have stuck with that if... The, if the game didn't look if so the game beautiful. looked like Twilight Princess, I yeah, definitely would yeah. not have. No, right, yeah, yeah, burn. It's <laughs> true. Ugh, that dirty pirate. How about that HD remake? I, I'm I not into it. Yeah, was, baby. I'm not. I well, when I heard about that, I thought it was just going to be the same game, but just running on better hardware at HD resolution. And then I saw some comparison shots, and that's not what it is at all. They got bloom. They got that bloom. It's really odd. It's gross. It, they got depth like, of field. I remember. I, I they repainted all the textures, baby. <laughs> It yeah. looks like a European game now, which is weird to say, but I feel like the really like the really really clean lines and style of that with like very minimal shading and nothing it, mm-hmm. it it's a look that would only ever come out of Japan or like a western indie trying to ape Japanese style, but like it looks it looks so much to me like Beyond Good and Evil or like Beyond yeah, Good yeah, and Evil yeah. 2 prototype video. Like yeah, it yeah, looks yeah. it looks like all the stuff that the uh that Ubisoft does on their games, like yeah, the, Prince of Persia, Sense of where, Time, yeah, where it's it's yeah. cartoony, but then it has the like the little all the corners have pocket shadows, like it has ambient occlusion, and yeah. like the sun blooms and like bleeds out to sort of wash out the colors of everything, and then also there's those weirdly, really color rich baked in uh, like global illuminationy shadows. Weirdly, what what it looked the most like to me um, was like a few of the screenshots. There's like. Like at least one of the screen, the 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 grass was just like neon glowing green, mm-hmm. and there was just all the bloom from the sun was just a giant white blowout for like half of the frame. And I was like, that looks like Ico on the PS2. Oh, interesting. Like, mm-hmm. When okay. you go outside, yeah, 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 like yeah. the the fucking grass is okay. glowing, and there's just Crazy. giant yeah. fucking yeah. sun flare. And yeah. I was like, weird. Thing, uh, maybe that's not what Wind Waker should look like, but that's also just strange. I saw, I, I think it was on a NeoGaf thread. It was years ago. It was someone who had taken. Um, like a 3D rip from Nobi Nobi Boy, and then was like, here's what I think the game, it would look way cooler like this. And it was literally like, desaturate and earth tone the colors, put uh, like screen space occlusion, put ambient occlusion, put global illumination, put glow, like put all of, the, all of those things over the top of it, and it suddenly did to me just look like a, an indie game from Europe. But uh, you're right, though. That totally, it, it has it does bring in the feel of Icon Shadow of the Colossus. Now. A, a European well, indie should... game that included like demo scene guys. That yeah, code those effects into <laughs> yeah, like 56k. Yeah, yeah. But it yeah. does feel like a, I mean, I'm sure there's way more work and artistry going into it than that. But it does feel like they're just like putting like they loaded in all of the things that you do when your game suddenly has to have texture and depth right, to it because right. you want it to show off an HD TV. Yeah. Which unfortunately, is, what they really should have done is just 
triple the resolution of yeah. all the textures and if turn you, on anti-aliasing. If you have, done, a, if you have a good gaming PC, <laughs> play it. just take your copy of Wind Waker, load it up on your computer with Dolphin emulator, and yep. you've got the correct version of what they're doing. You've got the actual yeah, version. Yeah, it looks beautiful. You can it do that. It really does look gorgeous. Yeah. How does that work? Do you have to rip it? There, yeah, you, you rip the ROM from your You CD. can rip the ROM off your disc. Yeah. I thought Wind Waker was a little tiny GameCube disc. You'll notice yeah, tiny computer, GameCube discs computer are... Computer disc trays have the little disc inserts. Yeah, oh, they do. GameCube yeah. disc size is actually a, a standard. standard. Yep. It's in the CD and DVD standard, so trays all So that's have what that. that little indent in the tray is yep. for. Yes. Crazy. Uh-huh. All right. You can also get audio CDs that you record 22 minutes of audio in discs of size. Yep. It was really cool for a while to have it your business a, yeah. card be one of those stupid on, fucking uh, mini CDs. On mp3.com, which is a site that <laughs> that was a big thing back when I was in high school, I would I wrote like multiple albums uh, when I was in high school that I released through mp3.com, and one of the sizes of CD that they would print on for you was the little thing. And there was actually this hilarious. Um, it was supposed to be like phase. CD EPs, I think was the deal. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was you adorable. could also order um, you could also order CD business cards that were they were CDs. Of that size, except they were chopped off at the top and bottom, so they were actually the size of a business card. Those, but you could put them in a little tray. Those became popular right at the same time as like slot loading uh, IMAX became popular. Mm. And I remember Apple just had to be like, stop, do not <laughs> put those in your computer. Like laptops would all just get fucking trashed because the hard yeah. edges of the CD business card was go uh, and just thrash yeah. the guts oh of, of slot loading CD drives. Yeah. Cool. I can just picture it. Anyway, Jesus. that's what we think about the HD Wind Waker or whatever. That's what we think about. about games that you played even though they're blood. <laughs> we think business I mean, cards there, thrashing <laughs> CD drive. There, there are cases like this that fall somewhere in the middle it's for just me. It's like pouring sugar into a Max gas tank. Yep. Just <laughs> like, oh, hey, buddy. Check this out. <laughs> oh, and you run away. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of games for me that fall in between the two, like Fez, for example, which is a game that has actually a lot of cool stuff in it that I talked about you know, several months ago when I played it, but which include like, the weird... The aesthetic draws you forward through it. Well, though. yeah, so, I mean, a lot of the, my favorite stuff about the game didn't even happen until after you've played many hours of the game, but I never would have gotten to that point if it didn't look as interesting as it does. You know, like the... All the stuff where you're just kind of platforming around and finding cubes is actually really not that absorbing. At least it wasn't to me at all. It okay. I mean, it was nice. Just it was very straightforward puzzle platforming with some. Cube it was fine, puzzles, but if it some, didn't, you know, like but if it didn't puzzles. look like how it did, I wouldn't have done it for hours and hours. Yeah. I mean, there's just no way. Yeah. Um, which doesn't mean it's a bad game. It just meant that the there were certain good parts of it that drew me along long enough to get to the part that I actually loved a lot. Which wouldn't have happened if they didn't do such a good job with the visuals. Yeah. So. Art in a game has meaning. You can't, yeah. like... No, I agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. It has a lot of power. You have a brain that likes looking at things, so... Yep. yep. And, you know, it all goes together to just create a aesthetic space that you like inhabiting. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but as much as you were saying, like, the sound and everything, you know, it's like, yeah, all those things, mm-hmm. inclusion, it's just like, this is a space I want my brain to be in for a while. Yep. Apart, because it's not just, oh, that's pretty to look at. It's like, hmm, this is a good place for my consciousness to hang out. Yeah. I'll do that longer. In a cube world. What? Wow. You're a guy called Gomez. Gomez. Uh, and I, I, one thing I think that uh, would be worth people's time checking out, I think it's been mentioned on this cast. Pod. Far Cry 2. <laughs> you seen those fucking sun rays? I was Holy really hoping shit. that you were going to compare the new Wind Waker to Far Cry 2. Uh, I just had this like tiny no. little hope in my brain that that's somehow you were going to do that That's your fault. <laughs> I know uh, it is. There's a game on your PC called Photonica. Oh, that um, game is so cool. That yeah. is actually on Steam Greenlight right now. You like you can buy it from them and there's like yeah, a, you can buy a, it right now. There's a demo that you can play like in your browser, but it's this first person running game. It's basically you just run forward and jump. It's a one button game. Uh yeah, and 
and you and basically there are different like vertical tracks that you can jump between so you can like jump up to a higher one or if you miss a jump you'll end up on a lower one but it has this amazing like wireframe aesthetic of like it just you know there, there's all these wireframes that represent your hands and and the the world around you and like as you start running faster things start blurring and the audio side of it is like it, it kind of sounds like you're inside a spacesuit or something like i don't know yeah. it's it's this really cool kind of stark but really rich thing it's it's you should check out photonica yeah. i think it's really cool the guy who made that is named pietro is it with a ph or an Regera? yeah something like I that Riva or something he's he's a really cool guy i actually ended up coincidentally working he was on my molly jam team last year when oh, we nice. made unbearable or how to stop uh, wearing and love the bear <laughs> <laughs> it was really fun working with him, and I was—I re- didn't realize he was the Platonica guy until like the second day of the thing, and that came up, and I was really stoked because I was a big fan of that game and had actually played it for several hours. Yeah, so I'd highly recommend it. Greenlight the fuck out of it. It's yep. neat and buy it. Do all that. Yep. Is that? I think we should wrap it up. Yes. Yeah, you have questions? Write the questions at idlethumbs.net. Mm-hmm. We'll- oh, we're still working on the Steam um, ship code stuff. There's a there's someone on our forum who is making uh, some kind of crazy ambitious like. Steam fruitcake economy website that we'll hopefully seed these out through, but <laughs> yeah, we're not uh, sure when that's going to be done. Yes. In the meantime, we've been slowly dispensing some. Uh, we've been dispensing some ship codes the into, into the form into the multiplayer networking thread because people yeah. have started putting games together. Yeah. So instead of asking us directly for codes, which a lot of people have done, which is fine, but instead of doing that, it's probably you have a better luck probably keeping an eye on the idle the idle forums multiplayer networking thread. Yep. And also look in the idle thumbs Steam group, which is linked on our site. Um, because people are arranging games through there. And also, um, some of those people have remaining additional codes from their own yep. codes that have multiplied. So, And also video games. Oh, they're also video games, yeah. That's, oh, that's hey. All right, bye. bye. Thanks for having me on, guys. See ya. Goodbye, Never Steve. Back. Oh. Video game.